How are the cats? They're good. They're um, it's so weird because they're they're so the opposite of uh, the previous cat. Um, well, I think it was a scaredy cat, right? It's a huge scaredy cat, and just lots of issues. And these cats are just so <coughs> excuse me, so fucking chill. Um, like I was very worried about just integration at first, and and you know my plan. Fortunately, they came on a day when it's like I didn't have to work. So it was like I was figured I'm just going to be here. They're going to be here and we'll get used to each other. But it was like an hour after the lady like left, the cats and I were like taking a nap together. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. We're here. I feel like they should all go in the pod. <sighs> sure. <laughs> it's cat talk. Cat talk. Welcome to cat talk. Yeah. Um, have you, you thought about getting a cat again? I can't have one in my current apartment, so mm, that keeps mm. me from thinking too much. Okay, so let's talk your cat history. You had one, you got two at the condo very oh, briefly. Now I see what you're doing. Yeah, I had two, but I uh, I was gone too much. I, it was like I was, they were just a guest in my home, or I was a guest in there, so I found a home for them. Because you were gone for like 10 hours a day, I get that. It was more like 14, yeah. Jesus, yeah, wow. Well, well, I mean, that's big of you, that's good of you. Um. And then you had a cat when you were younger named Fritz? No. Did you have a Fritz the cat? No, I had a Felix the cat. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Big difference. <laughs> Huge difference. Okay, cool. Fritz is like a X-rated comic, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have a, uh, a a beverage to fortify yourself with for tonight's discussion i do what about yourself i do as well what are you drinking i've got uh, a shot of uh fireball and a uh 12 ounces of uh cider i don't know what you call this but something something burning apple something or other some kind of clever name uh fireball this is uh, in the last few years is when you started allowing this into your your system. It's just it's just a mix with the the cider. I don't drink it separately. Okay. It's just you know it gives a little kick. Okay. Hmm. This is this is an interesting <laughs> trip for you. The podcast sh- there. <laughs> I don't know why it's so weird to me. Just like a beer and a shot. <laughs> It's not like you haven't seen me drink this before, right? I've talked about this before. No, I don't think I've seen you drink this before. Hmm. Okay. Oh, uh, um, oh, what is the beer that does all the apple ciders? Um, um, Angry Orchard. Yeah. Uh, when we were at the movie the other day, Steve was like really like adamant that Angry Orchard Rosé was just an incredible beer. <laughs> this happens to be a rosé I have here as well. So, oh, is it good? There you go. I mean, okay, it's fine. <laughs> to prove that point, he drank four of them before he went in to go see Suspiria. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> oh, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm I'm back to the Alex drink. I feel like I should give this some sort of like wizardy name for a you should. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think of some sort of a uh, like spell name they might cast but they don't do that anymore in the new movies so what the fuck mm. anyway. so i'm just curious what's my job here because I, I i i think i hated this movie the more i think about it, i think i fucking despised it 
But is my job to like have a vitamin and a cold compress and a, and a bottle of water for you while you just get in there and do some therapy and beat the shit out of this thing? What do you want me to do? How can I help? No, it's just going to be a regular old podcast. I got my notes. I got my statements. I've got my, my make one changes, you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one change. Well, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> you can only make one. Um, yeah, let's, let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin at the beginning. Hello, I'm James Taylor. And I'm Marco Sparks. Welcome to Headcanon. I think we normally do it the other way, but whatever. Uh, this is Headcanon, episode 40 of uh, season two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about Fantastic Beasts, colon, crimes of Grin- the, the Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindelwald. I can't talk tonight. Um, so, you know, our first podcast in Headcanon, we're a Harry Potter podcast. So this is, you know, a continuing journey for us as we, we chart the course of these movies. Have you read it, made any more progress in the books out of curiosity? Uh, I've read the first three. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. In secret, huh? Yeah. Well, I feel like you're, you're withholding from me on purpose. Somebody asked me to, and I was like, yeah, why not? Hmm. That's all it took. Just somebody asked me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that was especially shitty. I'm so sorry. Hmm. Um, I, I, I can't I mean, can you even call this like movie, like really like a Harry Potter movie or a wizarding well, world well, I mean, movie? Say, like say, say for your opening statement, um, before we get into the crimes <laughs> of Grindelwald, which we will be spoiling entirely warning right up front. Um, we, we are not here to do anything but stab this thing to death. I hated this movie. <laughs> do we need to talk at all about what we're watching or listening to anything like that? What have you been watching? What have you been listening I mean, to? I'm so. I, I should say I finished rewatching Game of Thrones season seven. It's enjoyable. Um, this is like four days into the after our, yeah. our previous podcast. Uh-huh. Like that was on a Friday. This is on a Monday. Yeah, That's, I finished watching yeah. it like yesterday. Uh, I forgot to mention because prior to the last one, we hadn't recorded like in a month. Mm-hmm. I watched Homecoming on Amazon. Oh uh, yeah, should I watch that? No, you you don't okay. like it. Uh, Thank you for telling me that, so I can stop thinking yeah. I might and then not. It's an oddity for sure. Like, and I don't know. Like, is Julia Roberts really good anymore? Like, I, I identify con- controversial take. Her. I've never really liked her as an actor. Well, but like, when you think of Julia Roberts, folks, identify what you like about her, and then tell me, wasn't that like twenty years ago? Much like Johnny Depp. Wow. <laughs> But I mean, like, she hasn't been the Julia Roberts that we know and liked for a long, long what time. What you're saying in, in honor of the next movie we're going to do on Headcanon, the years have been kind. <laughs> what was the next movie we're doing on Headcanon? Uh, Wells, Bows, and Arrows. Uh, okay, you want to do that for sure? Uh, why not? Okay. Yeah. We don't have to actually watch the new one, do we? No, of course not. Thank God, because I really don't want to. <laughs> Uh, I was not ready for Fantastic Beasts. I was hoping this movie was like three weeks away. Let me ask you this in, yeah. in lieu of a what are we listening to? Um, sure. My job there, like, oh, tell us your favorite Christmas song or whatever. Um, what is yours? Um, if I say something other than like a traditional, are you going to give me can, a bunch no, of you can, I Mine were mostly non traditional, the five I submitted. 
Uh, mine is by a band called Slade. It's called Merry Christmas, Everybody. Hmm. Okay. I would. I would. Hmm. This is tough. I mean, I. I. I'm all over the place. I might have a different opinion at different times, but um, lately, I think um, Happy Xmas. War is over by John Lennon. Okay, but like, do you do you like the song? Like, generally, like on your own, you listen yeah. to this and it feels something, or is it like a vehicle for like a pithy line? Not a pithy line. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I guess you know you're uh, you know sometimes you're a little bit puckish, which is fine. That's your metier. But I I want to get to know the real you, and I want the people to get to know the real you. Mm. There's a real, there's a real fantastic animal underneath all that. I think they Her. want to get to know you. No one wants to get to know me. That's hmm. my charm. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know what I'm reading. What are you reading? Um. Well, I have. <laughs> I've uh, I've I've paused in uh, in my Karina Longworth book from four days ago. I actually have had the uh, the script for Crimes of Grindelwald like hmm. on my desk for. Is, is it as two bad weeks? as the movie? <laughs> well, I kind of only glanced at it you know took out words prior to the movie it was like you i didn't want to be spoiled i was just fascinated that i had the book <laughs> in retrospect why did i day. care why was yeah. i like no no don't spoil me for this piece of shit yeah um i just kind of like glanced to like the last scene and i was just like this is even worse <laughs> well, I'd, I'd just like to report that i'm up to chapter 34 uh still they still haven't fucked there's been some little bit of under the close stuff okay I didn't want to go into it too much with Caitlin because I didn't want to, I don't know, make, you know, this is a horny yeah. podcast. And I don't want to make her uncomfortable. Like, it's been a while since we've done like a really horny one, but like, hmm. I need more about this. What is, what is it? I'm fascinated. There's, there's a lot more. There's like 200,000 words. <laughs> what is happening? What is the story besides the edging? So the story is, it's, this is, I believe the author started writing it after The Force Awakens before The Last Jedi. So it's like, you know, a little bit. You know, you, you have to, to roll with that. Like the last Jedi stuff isn't. She tries to weave what what she can in, but obviously it's a different path that she takes. Interesting. Um, but the story is somehow or other, Ray ends up in the Hapes cluster um, with Kylo Ren mm. separately. They like he like tracks her there, whatever. Um, if you are a big nerd and you read the old uh, EU novels for the Star Wars expanded universe. Um, Hapes is uh that was where there, it's like a bunch of like weird like Ponzi royalty. It's like this massive star cluster and they're all rich and they're like like monarchy, fru fru, whatever. Um Leia was supposed to like marry their prince to like secure a deal for like the New Republic, you know, to like bolster up their forces, but then Han got jealous, so he kidnapped her and took her to a planet and like basically like wore her down so she'd marry him. That's the courtship of Princess Leia. That's what this is all from. Otherwise known as third base. Yeah. So that's the Hapes cluster. And in this story, Ray, it's discovered that she's actually like the secret daughter of like the Prince of Hapes. Uh, so she's a princess. She's like next in line to the throne order. Cause like a matriarchal society. And mm. so the Republic just basically falls completely. The resistance is totally on the run. And it's like, well, the only way we can stop the first order because they're just going to invade us otherwise is like we'll do an arranged marriage between Ray, the princess of the Hapes cluster, and Kylo Ren, who who's, he's made the emperor by Snoke, who's still like in the background. <laughs> and you know they hate each other, they despise each other, but you know they have to they have to. 
do a lot of uh, contractual, you know, sorting out of like how this alliance is going to work, and then they have to plan the wedding, and you know, they have to spend a lot of time together. Yeah. How much does he wear the mask? Oh, it's almost always off. He only wears it like a little bit at the beginning. So this is like longer, like permy Kylo Ren. Uh, as, I mean, as I, kind of because he had like his hair's like a little shorter, I guess, right? In the he last had some bounce. He had some bounce in the uh, TFA hair. Yeah, I right? mean, there's there's a lot of like uh, the part I'm reading right now. It's the masquerade ball, so you know. But I mean, like if he did that thing, he, if he turned his head side to side really fast in that first movie, like that hair just kind of jumped up and down, like like cheerleaders rawing him on. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little flatter and a little more. I, I think you need to read snapier. this. Is what I'm feeling. Well, I'm I'm. <laughs> It well, here's the thing. It's it's incredibly <laughs> dorky. It is like on the one hand, it's like I said, it's horny as fuck. But it's also it's it feels like kind of a, a classic old Star Wars EU novel where the author doesn't have to worry that like oh we can't touch on these topics because like Episode Nine hasn't come out yet, and so mm-hmm. she's just like going wherever. It's like it's kind of refreshing to read like something like this as opposed to like the newer EU books where they're so constrained. You know, by like trying to keep mysteries intact, right, right. Um, so it's it's like your classic Star Wars EU novel, but there's a lot of horniness and presumably eventually some fucking. Nice. Highly recommend. How did you find me? She growled. The force betrayed you. She could hear the sneer of his voice, arrogant and exultant, as if he wasn't about to get his head cut off. Nice. Uh, what is disasterism? That sounds like a fun word. That is the author's uh, like screen name, I think. That is a great name. Hold on a second. I have a cat causing some pandemonium. Boy, what are you doing? This is a great podcast. There's going to be some noise with my cat fell behind the thing and she's going to find her way out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good name, disasterisms. But yeah, if you're uh, if you're looking for that that classic stars EU vibe with uh, just a lot of smut. Go for it. I love the descriptions here. A sexually tense soap opera of galactic proportions. Nice. The trashy romance novel I've always wanted to write, but with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. That's good stuff. Okay, cool. I uh, I am glad that you found this. So 35 chapters out of 50? 34. 34, sorry. Mm-hmm. And this is like you're caught up to what's been published? No, I think I think it goes up to 44. Okay. So far. So I have like another 10 chapters. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just picturing the, the individual, like just the, the outline on a wall somewhere <laughs> of like your, uh, your Ben Solo, Ray, like Princess Ray, like fuck novel. That's got to be awesome. I hope, I hope Disasterism has like a really cool roommate. Hey, what you working on? Nothing. It's it's well written, you know. It's the reason I normally don't read fan fiction is because I'm not really into the format. Like I, I don't really like short stories, um, and a lot of times the writing is just I don't know. It's I don't have the I don't have the energy to find the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened to I just saw a reference to this and like the kind of logline of it piqued my interest enough that I checked it out and I lucked into it because I could easily have seen myself being like, "Ooh, let me check that out," and I read like one paragraph and I'm just like, "Nah," you know. Mm-hmm. I actually found out in the last week or two that um, a young woman in my office is a uh, avid reader, but also a, a dabbling writer of fan fiction. 
weird stuff. I only read like incredibly long fan fiction, you know, like I've only read three. I read like a <laughs> way back in the day. There was like a Luke Mara Jade one, like before they officially got together. That was super long. Yeah. And then there's like a, I think it's called the North remembers. It's like a game of Thrones one. That's like basically like George is never going to finish the book. So like, here's this woman's version of it. Um, okay. Who's fucking who? I don't that one got real weird with I'm like sorry, a lot of like supernatural stuff. Yeah, it was there was some supernatural stuff and like the the great other and you went to like uh, a shy and all this shit, yeah. <laughs> the ancient fuck town of Asai. Mm-hmm. Um okay, wild. I like that you you just read fan fiction like sting fucks. Like it's just got to be long and tantric. <laughs> like I'm not going to get off for days. Well, it's like I I want a real story in there, you know. Of course. I, I hey, if, you, if you're into the short stuff, that's fine. I'm not judging. That's just not personally what I'm into. I like uh, something nice and epic and sweeping. Meanwhile, I like the simple pleasures in life, like butter in my ass and lollipops in my mouth. I hope no one gets that reference. <laughs> just this weirdo being weird again. This is why no one wants to get to know me. Everyone, it's got their yeah. laser. It's on you. Let's talk about some fucking wizard carnies. Uh, do you have an opening statement? Um, I wanted it to be short, but I have a lot of little bits. So One more time. Spoiler alert. We're talking about Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, I'll try to make mine brief. Just hit a few points. We get to you. Uh, the writer Alana Bennett at BuzzFeed put it best. This movie panders to its audience while taking a shit on them simultaneously. Uh, I, I was like watching this and I was like, there's two ways you can view this movie. It's not really a prequel. It's just a story set earlier in the same universe or two. It is a prequel. And um, I don't know how you can't deny some of those elements, but either way with, with either frame of reference, this is convoluted trash. This movie is utterly aggravating. It's specter levels of bad villain makes circular arguments that all lead back to the toilet. It looks like the form David Bowie vampire. There's vaping out of a human skull. There's MAGA rallies in French cemeteries. There's shit that was like supposed to be the epic conclusion of the previous movie that's like hand waved away. Like, yeah, new status quo here. Fuck it. No one cares. Um, and just in summary, thank fuck for Dan Fogler. I yield the floor, Senator. All right. Um, what a complete disaster. This movie is the nadir of the creatively bankrupt uh, It's All Connected Cinematic Universe franchise era. is prequelitis at its absolute worst. I feel so vindicated by my original prequels are inherently poor storytelling take. I feel like that just holds up like fucking gangbusters. This movie is everything wrong with blockbuster filmmaking today. It's just all this expensive CGI that doesn't really look that good. These like aimless plots with all these kind of like cheap MacGuffins. There's these lore dumps. There's too many characters. There's no soul. It's like filming a Wikipedia page and not even one of the good Wikipedia pages, like, you know, on a serial killer or something. Uh, I think Rowling needs to acknowledge that it's not working and stop being stubborn about forcing several different types of stories into a single film. Like, she needs to pick a lane. Uh, Yates, Yates, they got to fire Yates. They should have fired that dude like five movies ago. Uh, This movie's incoherent, inconsequential. It's a mess. It wastes some decent performances on just a complete shit show of a story that didn't need to be told. Uh, 50 points from Joanna and a detention. Hmm. Um, I saw a tweet online from somebody who's obviously read all the books, and they said, uh, I've always wondered what it was like to see the Harry Potter movies with no frame of reference for the books. And she's like, this is the first time that I think I really, really get it. (laughs) 
I mean, it's, I think we discussed in the past about, or at least I did because I had read the books. Um, some of those later Harry Potter books, it's like they just gave up and were like, we know you read the book, so we're not even going to put the effort into making this uh, sensible because mm-hmm. we were just going to assume you're going to fill in the blanks, you know? I feel like that started, the impression I got, at least from my end, was maybe Half Blood Prince. Yeah, I mean, they basically, Half Blood Prince, it's. They they didn't include certain things in Order of the Phoenix that then rippled through to Half Blood Prince mm-hmm. before it really you know started to be noticeable. Gotcha. Like the whole thing with uh, Harry's like mirror that he can see Aberforth in. Like they never explain what that is in the movies. Hmm. Right, pouring some more there, huh? I feel like it was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk some top moments. This is um. Uh... Man, this is rough, right? I mean, was this easy for you coming up top moments? I mean, part half of mine are serious and half are not. I oh. guess I guess maybe three fourths of mine are serious. I have one honorable mention and then three. Okay, I was like, how many moments do you have? Shit, yeah. I don't have an honorable mention, so please, uh, please. I just want to give an honorable shout out to uh, Thirsty Bunty, Newt's assistant there, <laughs> who like basically has an orgasm when this guy's like like dealing with his fantastic beast there. She's so ready to go, and he's completely clueless. Uh, and then she disappears from the movie and never comes back. What was the point of that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I've seen mention that like supposedly there's like a lot on the cutting room floor, but like uh, that's no excuse. Like speaking of fan fiction, that character to me, and he's like I don't know if he's ever more Matt Smith than he is in that scene. But like I feel like that was where J.K. Rowling was like, oh, there's a lot of like. Sherlock Molly people out there. I want to. I want a slice of that. I want a cut of that. Mm. Here's a to, like you said. Totally I, that is me. So character. I guess she she landed it. Oh, are you a Sherlock Molly person? Absolutely, of course. You're not a Sherlock Irene person. Uh, I mean, they're different though. You know, mm. you can root for both. Ooh, <laughs> Sherlock Molly in the streets. Irene just, Sherlock in uh, the streets. Just check out my three thousand word epic, and yeah. <laughs> Or not? That's right. Not three thousand, three hundred thousand word. <laughs> sure. The title's hard that. to pronounce. It's just the sound of Irene Adler's uh, text tone. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Okay. What's your number three? Then? No, no. You go. You go next. You, your number three. Um. Yeah, mine are really kind of weak and lazy. Uh, it's the Hogwarts flashback of Little Strange. Mm-hmm. I would say that I found a lot of stuff at Hogwarts. To be, I don't know. At least there's something. Would you? Happy. Holy shit! It, don't drink my bourbon, cat. Um, is it almost like um, we like going to Hogwarts because it's familiar and uh, kind of the whole point of the original franchise? A little bit, but I felt like the movie was just better there because there's no purpose to being in Paris, really. Like, nope. <laughs> none of that shit makes a fucking lick of difference. So, at least with Hogwarts, it's like, oh, things were good here. Remember the past, guys? <laughs> in a lot of ways. But yeah, so her her general Hogwarts flashbacks. Um, Primarily, like, I, let me just set this up here. I find that I only found her character to be interesting right before they killed her. So when you get to the whole thing of the bogger, and then, like, you see what hers is, and you're like, what is that? And they finally set it up later. Um, but like you had pointed out before, uh, this whole thing with it being in the curriculum for the defense against dark uh, arts, yeah. sure to do that, that is mind-boggling. It's, it's kind of disappointing. What's well, like... Joanne, you're you're directly like, stealing from yourself. Yeah, 
for no purpose. It's like, oh, we thought Lupin was like a creative teacher, but I guess not. You tell me the writer who wrote that scene the first time can't write something equally powerful and important. Why is he teaching defense against the dark arts? He's a transfiguration teacher. <sighs> yeah. Well, I think this is him trying to get tenure and then he gets tenure and then he's just like, I'm going to wear robes and pointy hats and it's going to be weird and comfortable. It's fucking poor shit. Uh, so my number three is when Grindelwald vapes World War II because <laughs> that's an actual thing that happens in this movie. He literally... <laughs> skull is that he's got this french chick who carries around a skull with like a hookup pipe attached to it and it's like when it's time for the big rally his like his pitch is he like takes a massive hit from his hookah and then he vape expels like visions of world war ii to everyone well he he does it one time before when they're oh to see like credence or something right yeah yeah he's just like oh fuck he's embarrassed yeah yeah, <laughs> it's so dumb. But who the fuck is what? What is going on there? Is that so many skulls? Like John the Baptist? What is happening? Like it allows him to see a vision of what? the future. Who Why is this chick just like? Oh, 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 here is this skull. I saw a thing online where somebody was speculating, like, oh, maybe it's a skull of like a a famous powerful seer, uh, which is I feel like more work into explaining that than J.K. did herself. You know, <laughs> don't. Don't make this easy for them. Um, my number two is half in general. I'm going to say Jude Law. Um, I was kind of like, I found this to be suspect casting. N- you know what? I found him to be a generally bright spot throughout this movie. But really, when he looks into the mirror of Erised, which should have been, quite frankly, a sobering wake up to that crush. Because goddamn Grindelwald, Grindelwald, you have gotten hard to look at. I think what you're saying is the years have been kind. <laughs> I mean, like, I was glad we cut away from that scene when we did, because I don't want to see where that fancy takes uh, Jude Law. He's just like, what? I'm in the weird shit. <laughs> yeah, my number two, uh, I guess it's new. It was kind of like wrangling, like that weird Chinese dragon dog thing. Um, I feel like that's the oh, only... The little- the only time he really shines is when he like gets to show that he is good with animals and also like empathetic with them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time and then Tina then becomes interesting because she's like kind of like, you know, swooning over, you know, how good he is at that. And it's like, oh, a moment for them because otherwise they're pretty boring in this movie. You know, what? I, I, I would agree with you. Um, my number one is that. It's just that moment where he has a little thing because I finally didn't dislike this character for a long time. My number one was when she talks about the salamander eyes. And I was just like, this is so vapid. I hate these characters. I don't care about their romance. Like he wrote her a love note at one point. I don't give a fuck. I have some issues with their their plot in this. But yeah, I I kept writing Tina hot dogs. (laughs) Tina hot dogs. Yeah. I see. Now I want a hot dog. God damn it. Oh, I think you this happened I in the last find, podcast too. We tried to find hot dogs, but everything was closed. Yeah, god damn it. Hmm. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, so my number one, I guess. I mean, Dumbledore in general is good. I think the scene I enjoyed most was just him interacting with Lita. Um, mm. I don't know. I I have a lot to say about Zoe Kravitz's performance later, but uh, I like that scene. It felt. Part of part of Harry Potter is that you know student mentor relationship, mm-hmm. and it this felt like 
part of that tradition rather than just a bunch of people with sticks going around like blowing Pad- shit up paddling, you know yeah paddling bums yeah they'll fall <sighs> <laughs> i i did enjoy her she's just like or he's like you know you're wrong i've always liked you i think you're clever and she's just like doesn't mean you like me and he's just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> not gonna say anything yeah. <laughs> all right uh, any, any complaints about this movie Holy shit. I mean, I have, I have a couple general ones and then a whole lot after it. I mean, my general discussion is questions and complaints and gripes and the bad attempts at humor. Um, in general, it takes a lot of like standard plots that you've seen a thousand times elsewhere. And it doesn't do like the clever shorthand of them. It just takes the lamest weakest thing and i don't care who the characters are so it doesn't help at all so the whole newton tina uh, potential miscommunication unrequited romance i don't give a fuck because they're just barely telegraphing it in the the drama between theseus and newt between newton and his brother and over the girl that's come between them and it goes nowhere yeah it goes nowhere and it's like i don't give a fuck about these characters um and it's like you're not doing enough it's like you you're relying on a thousand other stories to make me, oh, I, you can guess what, what's going on with these two bros, but it's like, you need to do more. Especially since you're doing a thousand other storylines here, and this one is supposed to be one of the few at the core. But it's not, though, because Newt's not even really the main character. No, that's my, not really. That's, that's, that's my general one. Literally. I have a, a few overarching ones. Um, one, just visually, the shot selection and just like the way it's presented is so incoherent and inconsistent um at the start like the all the shots of the escape like you can't see what the fuck is going on it's one of the ugliest action scenes i've ever seen the the grindelwald's escape and mm. then it's like oh now suddenly we're with newt and it's like with this weird pov from newt or from lita and it's all these weird close-ups and like i'm just watching like what are you doing why why is this suddenly a subjective from Newt's perspective, and then like we just forget about that like five minutes later in the movie. Like, what are you doing, David Yates? You're just putting your camera anywhere and like looking for you know quote unquote cool shots or something. Uh, There's um, I couldn't stand it. It drove me nuts through the entire movie. It's it reminded me of watching that last Peter Jackson Hobbit movie where it was like it was like Peter Jackson had a stroke and just did not know at all where to put his camera anymore. And he's just like, let's just do a crazy swooping CGI shot for no reason, you know. There's a part in the um, the commentary for Serenity where Joss Whedon's talking about like one of the one of the things they had to do in reshoots that he was adamant he demanded was he had to do a thing where like Mao and River have this little moment because she's like the star of like the first ten minutes of the movie and then he, he had to have a moment where she hands over the story to him mm-hmm. and like he fought for it and like the studio's like we don't we don't think it's a big deal and he's like you do not understand <laughs> how yeah. movies work. Um, but yeah, there's a bit when he's doing his MAGA rally at the end, the camera can't even keep up with Grindelwald. And it's like, you're not really getting into the frenzy. It's not like, you're not like you're feeling his emotion and you're just getting lost. Like the Nashville crowd here. It don't worry me. I, or whatever. I just want to like, know, did you actually storyboard this? Did you actually map that out and be like, yeah, that looks good. I don't think so. I, I I'm betting they didn't storyboard at all. And it was just some see of your pants bullshit where they did like two takes and went on to the next thing. But like the CGI, it's not so much Transformers. It's more like Lord of the Rings where it's like 
what if everything was really dark and rainy so we could hide what a weak ass job we're doing so you don't have to it, actually know what's going really on has this escape like, at the beginning i don't know what's happening half the time it has this like warner brothers house style which like warner brothers you're fucking over three man you fucked up the hobbit movies you fucked up your dc universe and you're fucking up the wizarding world movies like what is wrong with you why are you this bad at movie making yeah and like the whole blue flame dragon thing oh god How like boring. I, I think i'm supposed to care <laughs> and i don't because yeah, like, at the time i'm not really sure what's going on like y- y- the handful of auras that are there and for fucking sake nicholas flamel and it's like we have to create a wall otherwise you'll yeah, destroy paris and it's like i don't care destroy paris at this yeah. point uh Second overall arching complaint, there's really no plot to this movie. It's just like it builds these massive info dumps that end up meaning fuck all to the story. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's really obsessed with finding this dude and finding out who he is. And here's a 20 minute exposition scene where we realize none of this matters. And you then we could, just move on. You, you could literally take Little Strange out of this movie and it wouldn't affect one thing. You could you could cut Credence out of this movie. and It wouldn't affect anything really. I wish you credence barebone. Mm. What the fuck kind of circulous carny porn name is that? Get um, to that guy. Mm. But yeah, it's a lot of just weird genealogy that goes nowhere. Um, and the last overarching complaint, I feel like Grindelwald's philosophy seemed more interesting in the books. We didn't get a ton of it, but just the the whole idea of the greater good, you know, and how insidious that can be, and how how that can be used to really damaging ends. Feel like we didn't really get much of a demonstration of that well he's like we need to round up the humans because they're rounding up people okay so here's a question in general let's say all you have are the movies who is grindelwald what's his deal i mean yeah, three i think you would been in you would know from the from uh deathly hallows you know that uh okay but what's What's his deal? Like, what's his philosophy other than because uh, it's not even super clear in this one. I mean, I think it's, I, it's been a while since I watched the two Deathly Hallows movies. I think you get enough of the idea of the, the greater good and that he was like, there's a big wizarding war or whatever that and Dumbledore okay. stopped him. It could okay. be. I think that's all in the movies, but it's been a while. I remember him not being in them very much. No, no, not like, at all. But he still his big contribution is that he stole the Elder Wand. And okay. then Dumbledore seemingly won it from him at some point. Which is what? Fifth Fantastic Beast movie? Uh, I mean, we'll get to the Elder Wand business in a minute. But uh, yeah, let's just jump right into our general discussion. That opening escape makes no sense. It's hard to watch. It's ugly. Uh, it's like just seizure inducing. It's just like, it. you know, it's dark. It's in the rain. You can save money on your effects or something. I don't know. It didn't need to happen. Like, mm. uh, first of all, who the fuck is this Abernathy guy? I remember his face from the previous movie, but yeah, suddenly he's, he's like one. all over. Yeah. With his like now forked tongue. Ooh. And like, how did he switch places with Grindelwald? And if he could do that, why didn't they just escape? Yeah. Like, which, here's your wand. Boom. Apparated later. It's like, he's, I don't know, wanted to like send a message to the American ministry or something. <laughs> it's like, bitch, you're outside. Yeah. You don't need this guy anymore. You have shown later on that you don't really need your followers all that much. Like, I don't know what his like saucy little fit with the one guy is. Well, if, if Abernathy can switch places with Grindelwald and, and get him his wand, couldn't he have just been like, 
here's your wand, bro. Let's get out of here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you waiting around for your, like your, it, it wasn't like that he needed to wait until he was in the carriage to enact some plan. Like, you know, my, my followers will come for me when they try to move me or something like that. It was like, you could have done I mean, this whenever you wanted to. Well, number one, thank fuck this movie didn't start off a bunch of like newspapers spinning at the screen or whatever. Uh, like yeah. one did, but like you could have done a thing where it's just like a bunch of the ministry people, British ministry people meet and they're like, Hey, do you know Makusa headquarters in New York? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, it's a crater. Grindelwald escaped this morning. He fucking leveled the place. He's a badass. Uh, if you're going to to make the effort of staging an escape, it had better be interesting. And that was not interesting. Well, the problem is they're, they're trying to give him gravitas with nothing underneath it. There's no cemented character. Oh, because I think that, weirdly, they haven't really nailed down his philosophy, which, like I said, I feel like it was more apparent, at least in the books, in the Harry Potter books. Like, he kind of got a vague idea that, you know, the greater good and all the horrible things he would do with that justification. But yeah, I mean, in this, what, yeah. What disgusts me about this movie is that there are so many big ending moments that they do at, at the last one that they just hand wave away. And this is one of the few where we actually see something on screen of it, and it's not good. Oh, can like, we talk about um, the, the Shaw political family from the last movie? What, yeah. What the fuck what was, was the that all that? about? What's the point of that? Or I think we talked a little bit in the last podcast on Fantastic Piece One, where it's like maybe this will be important later. Uh, doesn't seem to be so far. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, Elder Wand. It was hiding off screen or something. Um, it Abernathy somehow like went and got it for Grindelwald. Uh. I don't know if it like if you willingly set your wand aside and use another wand, does it like not count if you then have your wand taken from you by Newt and Tina later? Um, I don't know. I've been trying to track like so theoretically, according to the rules set forth in Deathly Hallows, the books, um, Grindelwald stole the Elder Wand, and so he has possession of it, and then. I can't remember exactly who takes it. I think Tina is the one who takes the wand at the end. Who's who rests the wand away at the end of uh, Fantastic Beasts? And mm. She is then Expelliarmus or whatever by that Yusef guy. But then that dude passes out, and she takes it back her wand back. So I think technically at this point, Tina. I don't. I'm trying to remember if she's ever like Expelliarmus later in Fantastic Beasts too. I think theoretically she still has. I mean, I guess he could fudge it up there with like it could be Tina or Newt, but one of them theoretically has like, is the master of the Elder Wand, unless there's just some big old bullshit retconning coming in. So J.K. Rowling is basically stolen from herself again, or should have, or kind of, because this is obviously a big fucking deal coming well, it's, out of it's unclear, Definitely Hallows. It's unclear whether or not she's actually tracking this and this is going to build up to something. Or if there's going to be some BS hand wave where it's like, oh, Grindelwald wasn't using the Elder Wand when you defeated him. He like willingly like he wanted to get caught so it didn't count or something. You know? Oh, I meant to get caught. So. Yeah. I meant to get caught and then wait in jail for six months and then escape. Yeah. And switch places with a guard who will get his tongue cut there's just, out. There's just way too much fucking Abernathy. Like that guy was just like a random like 
background like bland faced aura or something in the last one, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's all over this goddamn movie. Uh, that that whole scape is just a fucking mess. I feel like he has first billing or something. Um, well, then, so that that's six months later, he escapes, and then we're like suddenly it's like three months after that. It's it's and nine months, and there's no there's no baby. I don't know. Like if you're gonna do nine month thing, you gotta have a surprise pregnancy. Um, <laughs> well, I want to be pregnant. They just they totally like recon half the previous movies, which is really odd because it's like I I'm not one of those people who like insists that everything be planned out in advance, but the haphazardness of fantastic beasts only made sense. If JK Rowling had some sort of master plan and she was trying to set a bunch of stuff up and it's like, apparently not like you'd completely, I really, my personal opinion, I don't know if this will ever be come out as verifiable or not, but I think originally it was just a newt commander, fantastic beast movie and halfway through pre-production or something. They're like, actually we want like the Dumbledore Grindelwald prequel. And so you've got to like just force that into the new movie because that that to me makes the most sense about why these two movies feel so kind of shoddy and and all over the place. It's like they're trying to do this massive course correction and still keep Newt involved for some reason. So she's like, oh, okay, fine. You know, I'll do this so you don't just bring in some other lower tier writer to write over me. And rather than showing him drink polyjuice like uh, Colin Farrell, it's just going to be Grindelwald the whole time. And you can just do an insert at the back of his head with the same haircut earlier. Uh, yeah. But it's like, what was the point of shot? The political family. Why you seemingly killed off Credence in the last movie and now he's just alive. And they're just like, oh, yeah, he's in Paris. Like, what? Yeah, okay. exactly. And he's, he's dead. So now he's alive. And he's, we're just told he's alive. And oh, everything about Greedus were just told. It seemed like uh, there was uh, some romantic uh, romance in the offing between Tina and Newt. But oh, here's like this completely ridiculous like sitcom plotline of like a magazine typo as like keeping them apart. And then like Queenie's a different character now, and she's fucking well, like com- imperioing uh, Kowalski to like enchant him and like do what she wants. Yeah, it's just, like out of nowhere, like all these different plot lines. Well, the movie's a mess because Newt Scamander is the star of the first one and Jacob is somehow the heart of it. Uh-huh. And it's it's like the touching moment is, you know, the the reign of forgetting or whatever it's called. And like he's lost his memory and then she shows up and it's like, oh, maybe something will happen. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, yeah, they didn't work. He remembered everything. Yeah. They, they've been happily globetrotting in love for nine months. But they can't get married. <laughs> it wasn't like kind of this whole idea that like somehow his his uh memories were so strong that they like kind of survived or in his subconscious or something and it like yeah. shone through and because he has this connection with queenie instead it's like that uh, it didn't take um can we take a moment just to say i'm so sorry andrew like <laughs> god i i really feel bad for you as long as kowalski and queenie are fine i'll be happy Ooh, yeah, yeah queenie went maga sorry well right from the start though like i feel like it's such a betrayal of her character that she would like put him under a spell and like force him to go to England with her against yeah. his will. Like she's basically like love pushing him. It's like really bizarre. What well, and he would have gone willingly. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I don't buy their their whole argument feels like bullshit to me. Yeah. She could just be like, oh we can go get married in England. It's it, it like even fascism sounds good in your weird Betty Poop voice. Uh, 
it's a new. I mean, but Sorry, Dan Fogler's great. I really like Dan Fogler, and like, unfortunately, I, I feel like they he's... they don't do him no favors in this movie at all. Not at all. He's doing the fuck. He's running the fucking Olympics, trying yeah. to make parts of this movie funny. <laughs> oh man, like I don't know if there's an award for just the actor who tries the hardest <laughs> to push that rock up a hill, but damn, Dan Fogler's working on this one. Also, some some measure of the plot of this movie is that uh dumbledore wants to recruit new it turns out that he was somehow like behind everything in the previous movie he like had like suggested that newt go to new york because he needed newt there to like run into the obscurus or something like it was fucking bullshit is what it is you know like really really obi-waning him yeah yeah um but it's like oh i need you to go to paris to look for this credence guy because he's still alive for some reason and we're not going to talk about how or why but he's he's like a fucking wizard carney in paris they actually say there's a lot of rumors it might be real important (laughs) (laughs) what it's like i need more i'm sorry i need more captain fucking mcguffin here the most boring character in the whole movie and everyone's obsessed with him well in in to make him more socially awkward than your main character makes this real hard to watch i have a lot of gripes about johnny depp in this movie i really do and i just go on a tangent johnny depp here some actors are really good in makeup okay from from my feeling is like the strength of boris karloff was that he could bury himself in monster skin and make sure that you still saw like a soul shine out from all that muck johnny depp just makes himself more unrecognizable and parades around his stupid voice and i feel like he's been doing that for 20 years this movie is inconsequentially bad of its villain like it is lacking just utter presence with Grindelwald. You know, like like Empire Strikes Back. Man, I, they really use the room when Darth Vader walks in. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to do a whole lot. You get this dude's vibe, and then they're like, oh, by the way, we have a whole emotional core of this character that we're going to drop on you like an anchor at the end. There's none of that really. Well, so there's, um, there's this concept in the statistics world, especially baseball, of uh, repl- replacement-level players. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of like if you replaced whoever the statistic is about with uh, you're just completely like average, like, you know, the mean replacement level player, you mm-hmm. know, like how do you compare? Are you above or below replacement level? I feel mm-hmm. like his Grindelwald is like slightly above replacement level. It's like the equivalent of, um, I don't know, like a Ronan, the accuser, maybe like he's just kind of there. He's not, I didn't think he was bad in this movie, but like utterly forgettable. I couldn't quote you a single line of dialogue. There's something, something, something about. Do you think Dumbledore will remember you or something? Yeah, Which I'm like, don't even remember heard, that line. I heard Thanos say that months ago. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you he's, ain't Thanos. He's just there. He may not be like dark elf level bad, but it's Ooh. it's like this was what you went to the mat with Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling. Like you fought all the negative press yes. for this the sale. Against the tide, against the storm, yeah. into this controversy for an utterly average performance from a guy who's phoning in. And as Jessica Chastain has told me, and she's never lied to me, this bitch can't even like learn his lines. Yeah. Got the earpiece in there. <sighs> who's feeding this asshole lines that he can't even remember? He barely has lines. Like he just walks in and stares at a person and he walks out and they kill a baby. I, I've like, seen a few takes where, like, surprisingly, Johnny Depp was the best part of the movie. No, he isn't. What? Johnny Depp is there. He's not the worst part. You can you can hang your hat on that. He didn't he didn't ruin the movie. Plenty of other things did. He's just there. I would say Credence is the worst element whatsoever. Mm, in every way. 
agree. Uh, so Newt uh, is being being recruited by Grindelwald. Or not sorry, not Grindelwald. <laughs> Dumbledore. Uh, Dumbledore wants him to go to Paris to like I don't know, go find Credence because Credence is in danger. Because uh, the <laughs> the R's like want to kill him, and Grindelwald like wants to recruit him, and it's like, oh Newt, you're a sensitive dude. You can go deal with this asshole. Uh, and Newt's just like, no. He's just like, no, I'm like, because uh, he had like this like meeting with the ministry to like get his like travel ban lifted. And they're like, no, fuck you. You know, you it's illegal for you to leave England or whatever. And so Newt's just like, no, I can't go get Credence. It'd be breaking wizarding law. You know, I'm, I'm just staying here. And then he, he finds out randomly from this postcard, which is torn up for some reason on the ground. And Queenie shows up that like Tina's in Paris. And for some reason, he's just like, oh, now I'll break wizarding law. I don't know if it's supposed to be like he's worried about her. Like, oh, we need to find her. She's in danger because Grindelwald no, is in Paris or something. It's or, entirely in play that he has a crush on her. It's okay. Yeah, because, I, I, I guess Nude is like, Dumbledore, dog, Creedence sucks. I'm not going to Paris with that asshole. But yeah, he'll go for Tina. Let me just backtrack only to say that, that Dumbledore basically says, like, here's why I like you, Newt. You're a fucking simpleton. You're a basic simpleton with a moderate sense of right or wrong. And you just don't seek power for yourself. So <laughs> I could use you. <laughs> look at me looking dapper. And it's like, I hear you, but that Creedence guy, what a fucking drip. Well, Fuck that I guy. Want, I want Newt to be like, well, uh, you haven't actually met Credence. He's the fucking pits. No, thank you. I don't give a fuck. Um, and then, like, yeah, Queenie shows up and she's like, ooh, boop a doop doop, my sister, woo. You know, and, he, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm so British. He just dropped his postcard. Oh, I have to go. You know, yeah. And then he's like stuck in the same boat with Jacob because he's been unspellified. How long has he been under the influence? That's the scary part. Like that's a fucking horror story. Even before she she meets Grindelwald it's, and his weird followers, he, he, your heroes aren't supposed to do that. Which I guess you can say like, oh, she joins the villains at the end, so that was character development or something. But I I feel like her what they do to her character is such a complete betrayal in this movie. It's and totally it's, unearned, and it's totally in this movie. Yeah, there, there's know, nothing set up. Like it's it's established in the previous movie that like she doesn't like going out in public very often because she's like a you know powerful like gentleman's or whatever. But uh, that's it. It's not like, oh, yeah, she like totally hates wizarding society and she's a secret fascist. Yeah. My notes here just say Credence sucks and is a boring MacGuffin. Um, so there's a uh, great twi- Twitter poll from Jenny Nicholson tonight where she wants you. And I, if you're listening, please, it's time. Go vote. Where do you want Fantastic Beast number three to be set? A, Africa. B, Australia. C, some gray city. <laughs> I'm going to go with Gray City. Because that's where they're going to go. Because, yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to Paris. Don't worry. We're not going to do anything interesting with the locale. You'll see the Eiffel Tower every once in a while, yeah. yeah here's some here's some really, like, horny statues. I Like, the statue in the Lestrange tomb? I felt like we saw that dude with the rope barely covering his dick way too much. It, that didn't seem like the best hiding place. Like, I don't know. No one's going to notice that fucking statue moving. But also the the lady statue who's just like, let me just part my legs and you can climb into the other world of the street fair <laughs> underneath there. Wizard like, Carnage. Okay. This is what I don't know. Like, is that like an alternate reality in there? Or like how how big is that world? Like so later on when they're like chasing the monsters around, I'm like, are we still in like the weird wizard like sideways like pocket universe right now? Yeah. That's like hidden from main society, or are we just in Paris now? Like are muggles seeing this? 
<laughs> I don't think the movie knows. No. Um, and the the wizard circus was dumb. So like, Creed's... what was the point of this being Nagini? Honestly. Well, okay, let me get to that in a moment. Let me just kind of get there plot wise first. So Creedence, okay. who sucks, is at he's a wizard carney now. Seemingly, there's all these parties that are obsessed with finding Credence, half of them for the wrong reasons. Oh, and and that's not rumors. like in a dramatically interesting way either, you know. Uh, rumors he's important. There's, there's rumors, yeah. Like there's these massive subplots with that Yusuf guy and with Lita that amount to nothing. It's like mm-hmm. we're taking up massive chunks of screen time, and it turns out it was all for naught. Anyway, I'm going to just walk out of this scene now. Yeah. There's this like 20 minute info dump that it's like, well, I guess that was a big misunderstanding. Never mind. Let me ask you a question. Which 20 minute info dump are you referring to? <laughs> yeah. The one in like uh, the the vaults or something. Oh, there's two that, there. Or, or no, they're like, um, where are they at? They're like, a, like at a um, mausoleum or something, aren't they? Because there, yeah, there's yeah. two back to back. We get like the use of story and then the lead of story. Yeah. yeah. They're like, turns out this guy named Lestrange, he's into some fucked up shit. It's not yeah. just a clever name. And uh, going dark. to the well again with the uh, child of rape. I just, yeah. I, what the fuck? Yeah, the mind rape. Yeah, I'd be like, are these still movies for kids? This movie is way, way, way too dark. And it's, it's fucking grimdark, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the Harry Potter version of grimdark. It's, I kept waiting for Newt Scamander to like pull a gun out and like, you know, <laughs> Not make eye contact with somebody as he shot them. Yeah. Because he doesn't make eye There's contact. There's two baby deaths in this movie. Not one, but two. One's a flat out fucking murder. Yeah. So Nagini. One, yeah, so Nagini. Like, why all why is she Nagini? All the controversy going in this. And I have to say, she's not the most offensive part of the movie, but she is the most like head scratching part of the movie. I mean, I, I like Claudia Kim in general. She could have just been like his wizard carny girlfriend. It, like there's no I, reason for her to be Nagini. It, it's not like that like goes anywhere. You know what I mean? Like it, there's no I, like aha, now I see how this ties into Voldemort. No, she's just there. And it's like, oh by the way, she's she can turn into a snake, which makes her sad. I I like her look a lot. Like that was <clears throat> was working for me. But oh, like yeah. it's like why are you why are you Nagini and why is your job solely to worry about this fucking asshole? Mm-hmm. Like what? What in the circus was things so dire with Fluffy Beard Man that you like you somehow gravitated to this prick? I mean, God, Clarence is the worst. Creedence, but yeah. Oh, whatever. Creedence barebone. Creedence barebone. Which I'm pretty sure they never say the word barebone in the first movie. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Which by by the way, like I I saw people talking about a Creedence barebone. I'm like, what the fuck? That isn't that asshole's real name. This is before I saw the movie. So I Google it, and the fucking top hit is like. Creed's barebone, aka Aurelius Dumbledore, and I'm like, thanks, Google. That's thanks. rough. Yeah, not that I cared, but thanks. You know what? Though, it might have done you a favor. Yeah, might have made it a little. And I feel like the the wizard circus only is here so we can like crowbar in some more beasts into the movie because <laughs> it was like it would just been a lot of fucking boring shit. Well, 100%. I do not think that they sat there and thought when they were doing the first movie, like, it will be Fantastic Beast, the crimes of Grindelwald. What are the crimes exactly? Exactly. And shouldn't it even be like, it's it's like Fantastic Beast, colon, the crimes of Grindelwald, right? Like, shouldn't it be 
Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Anyway, it should um, be a lot of things. Yeah, the whole family was the bare bones. So Samantha Morton was Mary Lou Barebone. <laughs> Great. Sounds like I'm telling a joke, but no, it's real. And then dude is suddenly like a magical detective or something. No, he's like doing all this weird stuff where he can like see like the traces of what has gone on the night before. And then like super weird and like maybe tiny bit creepy. He's just like, aha, Tina's been here. I recognize her narrow footprint. And you're just like, uh, okay, dude. Staring at Lita's feet. You recognize her narrow footprint. Sure. <laughs> So, 100% Newt's still a pair of, like, uh, Tina's shoes, right? When he left America? Oh, totally. <laughs> I, uh, I stole one of her shoes and one of her hot dogs. Oh, I don't know what his God. voice is. I Eddie Redmayne He is... still mumbles too much. He Not as much as in the first movie, but there are still times when I'm like, hey, speak up, asshole. He's, he's more spectrum-y in this movie? Is he? Uh, he had, like, almost nothing to do in this whole movie. He's just, like, there. Like, especially since this movie encompasses like teenage Newt as well as present oh, yeah, day Newt, yeah. and I feel like he was a little more comfortable around people. I'll put it that way in the first one in the big city of New York, hmm. and here in his natural surroundings, he seems much more uncomfortable with the idea of other human beings, like physical contact. And, and what was in that letter he wrote, Tina? How boring was that? Oh boy. Anyway, um. Tina, yeah, so, Tina, by the way, still real boring. Yeah. <laughs> just just a real drip of a character. You The moment with the whole salamander eyes only works because of Dan Fogler. My God, does he sell. Like when they're walking to like the, the hat or whatever, yeah. or that bucket that they're going to fly from the cliffs of Dover to, to Paris on. It's like, well, thank God we've got a comedic actor who can sell the reaction to like, what are you doing, man? You never tell a broad that she has the eyes of a salamander. Wow. You know. Also, is uh, is uh, Eddie Redmayne? Is he just like really short, or is Kristen Waters or Catherine Waters that tall? Well, this would be a fun thing for me to Google. Uh huh. Catherine Waters. Let's see what Google tells us. Five eleven. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was fucking tall. The giant. I'm gonna guess Redmayne's like five eight. Yes, and let's see. And the answer is six foot. What? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Is she standing next to somebody else who's fucking short or something? Okay, uh, Fogler's 5'7". Maybe that's it. Also, because people also search for this, Felicity Jones is 5'3". Allison uh, C. Dole is 5'6". Okay. All right. We are, Everyone caught Ez- up? Ezra Miller, 5'11". Um, do we need anyone else? I think Jude Law's not that tall. I don't know. Let's find out. This is fun. David Yates. Oh, his height isn't listed. Mm. <laughs> well, Jude Law's 5'10". Wow. Mm. What about Depp? Well, Jude Law I'll is bet, making... I'll bet Depp's a little short, right? Um, well, okay. So, let me, before I get to that, let me just say, first, Jude Law is making intense fuck guys in this Google, Google photo. Jude Law. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is 5'9". Do you think he's taller or shorter than Johnny Depp? I'm going to go taller. Okay, let's find out. Ooh, wow. Johnny Depp, 5'10". Oh. Wow. I guess that's why he did Winona. Where were we? The fucking magazine typo. Oh, I just want to say real quick. I don't think you watched it, but the the Riverdale set in the 90s where they nope, all play their parents. sure didn't. 
the uh, pop culture line to let you know where we are in the 90s is like, everything was right in the world. Like, Clinton was in the White House. Winona had her Johnny. It was like, <laughs> barf. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you saying? Don't get me fucking started on that show. Uh, the magazine typo. How fucking stupid. What What am I watching? Like a Friends episode or something? <laughs> the one where you don't give a shit. It's like, that. that's some thin fucking gruel is what that is. It's uh, like, that's just God. some cheesy manufactured conflict that's uh that's not even worthy of my Raylo fanfic no i shouldn't say mine but the one i'm reading um but yeah um another thing that drove me fucking nuts since we they're running around doing all these nonverbal killing curses even the horrors are like what like if voldemort's got to say the words everyone has to say the words Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm it, it it really feels like David Yates like doesn't like it when they had that to say the word to the spell because they almost never do. It's just a whole lot of like waving their wand and like stuff blows up, you know, or like, oh, no, this fire is coming at me. I'm just going to wave my wand and like it will like flash in various places and not hurt me. OK, sure. Yeah. It bothers me. I don't know if they, that's like their idea of like, oh, these are adult wizards so they can do more nonverbal spells, but I don't buy it. And I, I just, I generally don't like the way David Yates does magic. It just seems like his idea of magic is waving sticks and then something blows up. Yeah. Or like something like flies, like a, a telekinetic type thing or something. It's so visually uninteresting. Yeah, everything about him, the way he conceives, and again, half of this comes out of the fact that he he tried a power play to do a Doctor Who movie, and this is just him trying to do that. You know what? He, he can go fucking so, do it. That's fine with me. So watered down, and I, this guy shouldn't be directing car commercials. Uh, has, why didn't Harry become an obscurial? Uh, don't get. I I want to get to that a little bit later, but um, a, a one more comment on David Yates. He has no concept of tone. There are things in this movie that are like way too violent for kids movies and mm-hmm. other things that are like way too goofy. He doesn't seem to have any clue from scene to scene what he's doing. Mm. It's it, it's, you know, I, I, I suppose I could imagine if somebody like suddenly like said you're directing this next movie, I'd be like, oh, shit, I have no experience. I'm going to fuck this up. You know, like maybe the result you'd get would be like all over the place, tonal shifts and like no cohesion or like thematic, you know framework or anything like that like that's what david yates feels like is that like he has no idea what he's doing at any given moment mm-hmm. and that was evident in the first one of, i mean because i mean but the harry potter movies that he did i think are better mostly because of stronger source material. Well, think about like the stronger source material absolutely but think about all the weird touches he did in his movies where like it's like Voldemort's in a suit for some reason, you know, at the at uh, the Hogwarts or the yeah the station, you know, mm. um, or all like the newspaper clippings or like I want to say, isn't there? Doesn't Half Blood Prince open really bizarrely with like these like flashbacks to uh, like Sirius dying, or maybe it's just like Something no, like that's that. a headlines one, maybe. Um, and then and then he's with the in the tunnel with the the what's his name Dudley and then yeah. and then he's like hitting on the girl at the train station that's half blood prince yeah Dudley's yeah. Uh, the, the order of the phoenix but like okay the the one movie i 
think it's the first uh, Deathly Hallows opens with this weird speech from Bill Nye. That's like oh, it just yeah. it's like what what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like it's like he has this like weird tendency to go grimdark that doesn't fit the material at all. He's always like trying for these like kind of like moments, and it's like you just stop. Is Bill Nye Scrimger? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, stronger source material. Uh, I don't know. What's the curse? What's what's the one where you take people over? Is that Imperius? Imperio. 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 So we need to find out first of all who's done the Imperio to, to J.K. Rowling. I think she's uh, locked in a steamer trunk somewhere, and David Goyer is impersonating her with Polyjuice Potion. <laughs> Rough. Um, yeah, and then like who's just giving free reign to David? I mean, I thought David Yates was done for. When there was the whole the Tarzan uh, thing, the Tablo thing, where like, yeah, like he was doing Tarzan for Warner Brothers, and they're like, "We want you to do this Harry Potter movie." And he's like, "Fuck Tarzan," and they're like, "Okay, okay." And I, I, and I guess it's like, like an editor edited the movie with no direction from the director. His whole thing is like his movies come in like on time and under budget because he has like no creative vision, <laughs> yeah. you know. Congratulations, <laughs> asshole. When- that implies storyboarding at least because yeah. <laughs> there's some directors that i i believe are probably genuinely frustrating like soderbergh never storyboards anything like he literally doesn't consider where the camera's going to yeah. get on the set and granted his movies can afford that like you can't do that with money behind it in special effects but yeah there's no i mean there was some some visual stuff that was interesting in the later Harry Potter, David Yates movies, that's all gone. Like these movies are just ill thought out, ill begotten. They should take another two years and considered the series before even doing the first one. Cause again, where is this going? Or, or just make a fantastic beast movie, you know, like just yeah. it's new. He's catching uh fantastic beasts and striking up a relationship with a future wife you know like just make a cute little movie about it that's fine yeah you don't need you don't need to like fucking credence screen up your whole movie but even then like i want spike jones to direct that movie and not these not david yates with these like two other people like doing some zoology david yates i mean his background is like in what like political tv shows or something right like he, uh, the original girl on the train the, he, he needs to go back yeah. to doing that yeah yeah he should not be making movies for kids um before we continue i need another well, like michelle michelle gondry would have been better with this all right i have an idea for that at the uh when we get to make one change but yeah i need a i need a, a round two of my apple cider fireball if you don't mind yeah, get your juice all right. Anyways, moving on. Um, why are all the ministry like ours such total knobs with Dumbledore? I mean, I guess I guess it's consistent, but they just seem like assholes. Yeah. Also, there was never an explanation for why they could uh, apparate on the school grounds. I feel vindicated. I win. Are you making yourself a drink now? Yeah, I'm okay. just I'm considering how you've been wronged. By the filmmakers. And this is that moment where I just stare off into the rain through the window and pour myself a drink. Um, yeah, like, uh, I mean, you have a little bit of Theseus, who's like the face of the fucking oars, and Jim, like, realizing Dumbledore's probably being right, but he's like stupid Irish boss. I like, feel like, the wrong way anyway. I feel like there are like at least five different R's who 
I could not tell apart. They're just like these bland looking white English dudes who wear like bowler hats or something. And well, yeah, I thought one of the things I thought when I watched like this, the super boring G men American horrors in the first one was like, well, at least when we get back to like England, there'll be a little more character here. Yeah. Nope. 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 Uh, a bunch of fucking Abernathy's. So doesn't it seem like an awful lot of people know about Dumbledore and Grindelwald and how they were very close? But somehow they don't know the full story. But I mean, like at one point, I can't remember the exact line. I can't remember if he says brothers or friends, but he says he either says you guys were like brothers or you guys were friends or something like that. Brothers, but he says closer than that. Closer than that, which like. I think uh, the implications pretty obvious there. I mean, I I know. Movie wise, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, are we gonna are we gonna own up to this in the third movie that they were in love? That he I, has like serious feelings. I mean, I'll say this: guy? that was more than what I was expecting from this movie. So I was like, eh. okay. you know, like I feel like that's pretty unambiguous. Like that, I guess you could say there's some room for debate there. But like, you know, you guys are like brothers closer. Like I don't know what else that could mean. I didn't see the Freddie Mercury movie, but like the fact that we were going into the Freddie Mercury movie with like the idea that like, well, maybe yeah. they won't touch on his you like sexuality and Rhapsody, the queen movie. Yeah. Well, it's more of a queen movie, right? Yeah. Uh, ish, you know, and obviously Freddie's the main character. Okay. Cause I know I saw the thing with, sorry, aside on that movie, I saw the thing with Sasha Barrett Cohen about why he left that. And it was because I think he's fairly wrong. Let me put it that way. Not that okay. the, the Bohemian Rhapsody is a particularly good movie, but I think Sasha Baron Cohen was a little bit wrong in uh, his estimation of what the band wanted the movie to be. Okay, because yeah, basically, spelled out for people who now are curious, like the thing I read was that he's basically saying that the members of Queen were heavily involved and they wanted the third act to be about how Queen was just fine when Freddie was not there. Yeah, that's not the movie at all. Yeah. Okay, good. Because the movie is Freddie Mercury, right? I mean, it's the movie about Queen, but it's really it's it's Freddie Mercury. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Dumbledore and Grindelwald, they I guess they they hinted at it more than I was expecting. So I was like, okay, I I'm of all the things to be angry about in this movie, I suppose that's not one of them for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. The that the all the ores know about it. it's a little bit weird though. Like, I just ever forgot about that, I guess, uh, well, by the time that Harry was born. Rita Skeeter hasn't been born yet. Yeah. Right? I, I, book. I guess it's just lost to the sands of time or something. Well, also, apparently, Rita Skeeter didn't get the whole story. Also, isn't doesn't, like, one of the R's do a thing where he, like, magics up a hologram showing them together or something like that? Or am I misremembering? I think you're thinking of the mirror. Of Maybe I'm just thinking of the mirror. Yeah. Um, okay, so... There's just so much of like vaping and you know magicking up holograms. All and smoke grams, yeah. yeah. McGonagall. Yeah, McGonagall. I mean, what so, fuck? as I understand it, she's either not born yet, or she's like eight years old, or what is it? She, like she her definitely mom? would not be born yet. Okay. Like canonically, born she's for... born like thirty-five or something like that. Okay. And and not only that, but the, they kind of do the cheap joke where Lita Lestrange has like cast a spell that like basically like you know flesh cover somebody's mouth so they can't talk you know like they have no mouth and then like this you know the aggrieved uh you know student runs to mcgonagall to complain and mcgonagall like you know fixes it with the spell and like the student starts complaining too much so she puts it back ha 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 like that would never like minerva mcgonagall would never do that 
doesn't there like doesn't the audio like wipe out before she makes some kind of comment about like points to somebody's house too? Maybe, yeah. It's I like you're going for the easiest McGonagall joke. Is this supposed and, to be like Minerva McGonagall's aunt or something? Wait, Who what knows? the hell? Yeah. What the hell? It just it seemed cheap. Like if if you're going to do that, it like this is this is some fucking PLL worthy, like, you know. Toby would have been four years old and shit. <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna, if you just insist on doing like the McLag and McLonagle like references there, uh-huh. you gotta like throw out a first name, like, uh, you know, um, Rose McGonagall or something, you know, Professor Rose McGonagall, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's bad dialogue, but you know what I mean? Like you, you have to establish that it's a different one or not do it. One of the two, you got to get your dates right. So at least going back to Riverdale one last time, that same episode where they're all playing their parents, they do that in every scene. They're just like, well, hello there, Fred. Well, how are you, FP? He wouldn't be Freddy in high school. Whatever. Oh, well, and first of all, KJ Appa is like completely, he's starting to do it, but he's completely throwing away doing like a, a Luke Perry like impression. Like I would have been like Dylan, what's his name in it? The whole, so hard. Anyway. But yeah, like, well, first, would her name be Rose or would it be something like more Harry Potter? Like I Rose don't know. Pusha. Bad, Rosa Pusha McGonagall. Bad example, but my point is, like, you should at least try to establish it. Like, oh, this is this isn't actually Minerva, Minerva McGonagall, you know? And rather than just being like, oopsie doopsie, <laughs> we wanted to be McGonagall. It turns out she ain't born yet. Yeah, or like, oh yeah, it's, uh, was that the Titanic that they sunk in? No, we just made it look that way for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is she going to go back and like, there's going to be like a whole new article on Pottermore about how this actually is McGonagall and she was born. Well, you know, you thought blah. you were uh, tweeting earlier about the whole like wizards just shit where they stand and like vanish <laughs> it. So I'm pretty sure the reason for that incredible stupidity is because at some point some fan was like, um, actually JK Rowling, why would the toilets lead to the chamber of secrets when they have discovered it when they were doing the plumbing? And so she had to like retcon some bullshit way of explaining now, like, well, until fairly recently there weren't toilets there. And then there's this one wizard, blah, blah, blah. Like it's stupid. So then my question is, I'm going to kind of glance at the thing. Are they atomizing the fecal matter or are they turning it invisible? They're vanishing it. It's like what what, uh, Snape does with the potions. Okay, so vanishing it means it's being like teleported somewhere we don't need to worry about, or it's like it's, exactly it's like, you don't need to worry about it. Maybe in another dimension somewhere, some guy's walking about his day, just happy go lucky, and a and the big fucking shit lands on him. But we don't need to know about that. I'd rather that than it being invisible, where like suddenly I'm just no, like, it's not, it's not invisible. Shit, no, okay. no, it's it's vanished well, somewhere else. Can you imagine if like Dumbledore's sitting there and he's just like Newt, my man? I've got a top secret mission for you. Hold on. Well, okay. So the, the whole oh, toilet thing that that was in the 1800s. So all, all these characters use toilets. Although, give me that cut where all these characters stop in their dramatic monologues to take shit. I mean, uh, what are those books? Uh, the Broke Cycle by Neil Stevenson. There's a uh, lot of that where it's just like a bunch of turds in the corner. It's like or, a, it's like at Versailles and like somebody's just like squatting in the corner. Okay, what I'm suggesting is obviously outlandish. It's, it's stupid. I'm, a, I'm just a guy of a podcast. Uh-huh. Let's be halfway. Let's do the old South Park thing where they actually poop out their mouth. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's what the movie's already doing. Well, as you know, the humans are... Hold on. I, I think it's actually pooping into our mouths. Yes, they are. Back and forth. Forever. Uh, where are we now? 
I hated this movie. <laughs> I really hated this movie. I hated it more. Uh, after. You want to talk about Flamel? That's my next note. Is why is he in this movie? He doesn't need to be in this movie. You guys have heard of Flamel, though, right? You remember Nicholas Flamel? Hey, look, it's a sorcerer's stone. He keeps it in a safe next to like his book of photos and Jessica Williams. Fascinating cameo, yeah. Yeah, maybe that will lead somewhere. Maybe it won't. Did you know Hugh Corshi's in this movie somewhere? Really? Where? I, I the character's name is Mustafa Kama. I have no idea. Maybe he's in the background of a shot or something. I don't recall anyone being named by name as that. Also, who played Flamel? Was that like a cameo that I was supposed to know? Um, I don't think so. I saw his name. I didn't recognize him. I think he's like probably. I mean, uh, you know, R.A.P. That that's where you go get like your Bowie or someone. You know, why wouldn't you just have Bowie play Grindelwald? Oh, it's Joe Dorowski. That's who it was. Oh, okay. Hmm. Anyway, Flamel is there. He's the owner of the safe house that uh, Dumbledore gives uh, Newt the location to. Where they like just go and who's stand around. Brontus Jodorowsky. That's the guy who plays Mel. Okay, sorry. He's some kind of like I'm assuming like Danish guy or something. He was born in Mexico. Well, that doesn't do me any good. Um, what does he do? Yeah, and it's like, but the the movie's so poor because first of all, Dumbledore has like his fancy leather card that has like the address on it. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. And then. They go to this thing, and we've completely forgotten that he has a safe house. Like they're there for a while with this unconscious man. It doesn't like, really seem like they absolutely need that safe house. No, but then suddenly this this weird ghostly looking guy in a smoking jacket just wanders in. And he's very fragile, and that's the joke yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah. Also, can we talk about that Yusuf guy for a little bit? And it's like, but it's like what you you set up. Like I mean, there should have been the scene where like. Uh, where what's his name? Newt's like, oh, uh, this is a uh, this is a safe house that I just happen to have here in Paris. Oh. You know, like it's so fucking poor. Yes, let's, let's talk about Yusuf. Yusuf, uh, he's like on a unbreakable vow mission to kill the Lestrange that the father loved most, or whatever that he thinks is Credence, because everyone's fucking fascinated with Credence, the most boring character in the Wizarding world. Um, <laughs> so he like. He, we see him talking to Tina, and then I guess we like intuit that like he like trapped her in like a cell somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And then later on, he's like tricked. The the scene where he's just like, oh yes, Tina's just down there, and he's like pointing through like this like barred gate down into a catacomb. I'm like, what are you people, fucking idiots? You let that guy go first. Mm-hmm. He's just like opening the door. Yeah, right down there. Yeah, just a little further. Just a little further. Yeah. Hey, I've seen Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises. I don't, I don't go first. Yeah. Come on, Newt. What are you doing? Uh, well, Newt's, a, so they, Newt's a fucking dunce, all right? They go down there. He gets Expelliarmus. Uh, Newt does. Gate closes. And it's like, aha, they've all been captured. And Tina's down here. You know, romantic reunion. And then uh, Yusuf is just like, ah, oh, fuck. My weird parasite has chosen now to, like, you know, rear its ugly head. And I'm just going to pass out. Like, what? What the fuck writing is that? It's like, oh no, our heroes have been captured, but it turns out this guy had like a weird water parasite that is going to render him unconscious right now so they can just get away immediately. Yeah, you you tend to get those when you're hanging out in sewers, but um, it's so poor because his whole scene 
with Tina where he's talking of her like the outdoor cafe or whatever. Yes, he seems shady, but then like when he runs into new, it's like not readily apparent that like, haha, I've led you into the same trap I led her into. It's just perplexing. It's yeah. just perplexingly put together. Why did I that mean, even need per- to happen? Yeah. I mean, movies are a complicated structure of visuals, dialogue, editing, so that you should be able to just flow with the story and know what's going on. And this movie is just like a fucking miasma vortex of nonsense. There's, I don't know what's going on half the there's time. There's too many characters. Why did Yusuf need to be in the movie? That whole plot line is pointless. And the only time I do know what's going on is because some asshole is going to tell me about like the wrongs visit upon their family for 20 minutes. And I hated it. So eventually we get to Grindelwald's dumb rally. Uh, previously, Dumbledore had like warned Theseus not to go. Not exactly sure don't, why. He says like don't arrest them or something. No, like he that. says like don't go. He, I thought he said like don't don't arrest them, like don't he, don't make it worse. He he tells other ors that, but to Theseus in particular, he says don't go. Oh. Yeah, and it's like why? Do you Theseus know something? Like, Dumbledore, are you saying I'm important? And Dumbledore's like, no, nah, I can't back that up. But I, I think they really need to do a little more fleshing out of like Theseus? The the well, yes. Theseus, why is he in this movie? But the that whole general idea of like, because it it kind of comes off this whole vibe of like this is why Trump won, you know, like yeah. like don't don't go opposing those fascists, you only make them more fascist or something, you know. Which like I think being charitable, I think what is attempting to be communicated there is like you can't fight authoritarianism with authoritarianism, but mm. they definitely do not land that at all, and it just makes no. it be like. Don't oppose the fascists or you'll make it worse. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like the the unstoppable idiot versus the immovable idiot. Like it's not ugh. Yeah, they but like they really poor job executing that. I I honestly feel like Jude Law is the best part of this movie, and he's doing his best to do it's the one gesture in a new hope where Alec Guinness just kind of smirks and like rubs his chin. And it's like there's a lot like he does George Lucas a lot of favors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like he's like he's like Dula's trying so hard to like do that just like charm carry you know a poorly fleshed out character i i didn't like the idea that there was literally some sort of magical object that was keeping dumbledore from facing grindelwald we, we find out that there's this like blood packed thing that's like stored in this weird like pendant or something that, yeah. that grindelwald keeps with them and eventually the niffler steals it and it's like now at the end it's like Dumbledore has it because the Niflisora and now he can try to destroy this thing to face Grindelwald. I don't like that. I I think it was much more dramatically compelling and kind of like, I don't know, character accurate to have it just be that Dumbledore was afraid of facing Grindelwald because he had feelings for him. Like that's more interesting to me that he that that was the reason for his delay than like some magical thing that's taking his own choice away. Throughout the movie, up until the reveal there on the, the the bridge, the aqueduct of Hogwarts at the end, I was like, you know, Niffler's not as annoying in this movie as he was in the first one. Like, oh, you didn't like Niffler in the first one? Um, I felt like it was a little too paint by numbers, and then it was too much of that, and then it was too much more, and then it was way too much more on top of it. I felt like he was a little bit more low key based on that in this one, and I was I was cool with it. And then it was just, I, like, just, I just want you to turn your cat and just be like, that's a little too much of that. Oh, I will. Okay, sorry. Continue. Uh, stop being so goddamn cute over there, you magnificent beast. Um, but then it's completely thrown away where it's just like, woo-hoo-hoo, 
this little creature stole the thing off screen when there would have been absolutely zero opportunity for it really to do so. And there's like one opportunity, but sure. But like, and then so basically, the blood pack pendant is the whole movie, right? Like that's the whole reason we have a movie here, I guess. And then the only way this works for me, oh, it will be infuriating, is if waiter when he faces like Grindelwald. And Grindelwald's like, but what about the, my weird jewelry that controls your soul or whatever? You know, like I Pat's is like jacket pocket. Uh, well, but he, he, like, he, he pulls it out and he's just like, he just like crushes in his hand. And, he, and, and Dumbledore's like, this thing never really stopped me. It was my heart stopped me the whole time. You yeah. gross piece of shit. But we I just needed this here to pat it out for two movies. That's all. Okay, so Grindelwald and Dumbledore. It's like a weirdly intense, naughty summer fling, right? That's what led to all this. I don't know. I mean, it's there's different interpretations. I, I feel like all all head cannons are accurate at this point in time because she's uh, J.K. Rowling's never really gotten specific. It could have just been an intense crush on Dumbledore's part that Grindelwald uh, kind of used to his advantage, or mm. it could have been a full on romance and fucking and everything. Like it could be either one. They they both would make sense with what we've been given so far. So I, I don't, who knows if they'll ever really define that. Well, and and it made knowing who he was, especially going into the previous movie. I was like, he's really playing upon this Credence character. Like whether it's meant to be sexual or not, like just the idea of this older man who sees value in this younger, you know, isolated, marginalized boy. Um, now it plays off like. Hey, hey, Dumbles, like, uh, just to make you extra jealous. I'm going to fuck your brother. Fuck your weird brother. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to fuck him real weird. I'm going to break him in half because he gets inky. Let me, let me uh, talk about Obscurus's for a moment. Please do. Obscurus's are fucking stupid. I didn't like them in the first movie. I didn't like the whole reckoning of Ariana to be one. I like mm-hmm. them even less in the second movie. They're just dumb. It's just like a really hackneyed metaphor for repression. I'm not into it. I feel like it's it's bad writing and it's a bad, badly constructed kind of, you know, fantastical element. They add nothing to the story we could do without them entirely. If you remove that whole plot line entirely and like we're fine without it. We don't need credence. The so for like why was Grindelwald chasing uh, this Obscurus in the first movie when he didn't even know that Credence was the Obscurus or the Obscurial maybe I can't remember which is which anyway but like he didn't, yeah. he didn't even know Credence was an Obscurial and now suddenly he knows he's Dumbledore's brother what yeah know. well hey you know he's read a book or something in the last nine months just not the Rita Skeeter book I mean, there's, there's like oh. a theory that explains it but whatever okay so this one they imply in a throwaway line that obscurials come in pairs or it's like you're usually yeah, like what and so how old is ariana like is he supposed to She's be like fucking her? dead that's how old she is she made it to 14 and died but i mean is he supposed to have been her twin is my question no no, no the, the, i don't believe the age is that up for that so are we gonna get a thing but like with the whole fucking lestrange family like the whole thing with the nurse and the one bounty hunter guy remember him is essentially wait was there a, a bounty hunter yeah, there's the bounty hunter guy who takes the job of Newt's commander when Newt's commander turns it down at the ministry. Oh, that fucking guy, yeah, who's like secretly on Grindelwald's so, side. The whole thing is that he's targeted to kill the nurse, the Lestrange family nurse. So my question is, 
did like are we going to find out that like the Lestrange, like Lestrange Senior, Corvus Lestrange the Senior, or Corvus Lestrange the Fourth, did he like mind rape somebody in the Dumbledore family? I this is what I think is going to happen. I could be wrong. Like there's two major possibilities. Number one is that Dumbledore's dad didn't die in Azkaban; he got out and just like went and started another family. Uh, the other option, which probably makes more sense. Which- Makes Azkaban look kind of bad, right? Well, I mean, you know, they've, they've got a bad record. Uh, okay. the, the other one, which probably makes a little more sense, would explain why Grindelwald did somehow know that Credence was Dumbledore's brother, was that if the Obscurus is, like, the somehow transferred from Ariana to Credence, and, like, that's the part that's related, so it's not, like, a full-blood relation, it's, like, the Obscurus is some sort of parasite that moves from Ariana to Credence, and that's what he means by he's her brother. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's dumb. Um, Secret Dumbledore. Fucking stupid. This this is why Ray is not a Skywalker. Making boring ass Credence Dumbledore is so pointless. Uh, it's like I, I have so much more appreciation for the last two Star Wars sequel movies after watching this movie. It's like this this movie is how you do it the wrong way. Like just the fucking restraint of J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson not to lean into this kind of bullshit. So proud of them. So the other night, go to see this movie, my friend. We get a drink next door afterwards, trying to figure it's it out. A male or female friend? Does that really matter? I'm just nobody curious. wants to get to know me. Okay. Mm. Okay. It's a, a friend is a friend. It was a female friend, but she's a friend. Okay. Don't be jealous. I'm not jealous. You're still. You're still. Damn, I'm the, happy for you. You're still the Tyrese to my Scott Walker, or mm. vice versa. Fuck you. <laughs> Do you want to be the Scott Walker to my Tyrese? Scott Walker? It's the, the most romantic of the Fast and Furious movies. Paul Too Walker. Fast. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> no, not the like, guy who's... The fucking Minnesota governor? What the hell are you talking about? Not um, the guy who's not yet out of a job. Maybe it's Wisconsin. Um, I don't know. Paul Walker's going to be fine. And defeated by a teacher, too, which is great. Um, Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're trying to figure this thing out. We make our goodbyes. I go back to my car. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like looking at Twitter and stuff. And thank God some fucking movie account like posts just a picture last jedi and i'm just like god damn that's a great movie <laughs> it really is i Brian johnson in my life that night <laughs> the fucking restraint the fucking maturity of the star wars sequels and like i don't know how they've handled their material and not leaned into fan service i'm so impressed mm-hmm. and not to say that there's none there's little callbacks here and there but god compared to this shit well just not ryan johnson having the fucking strength being the hero like, you know we need, but not the hero we deserve. To like, not make the obvious choice, but make the right choice. Yeah, to to have your villain via Kylo Ren and not, not a fucking boring ass Grindelwald. Like nobody's gonna remember Grindelwald. He's he's lame. So uh, why don't we call you by your real name, Aurelius? <laughs> 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 yeah. So angry. Yeah, it's big giant CGI flame fight. It's boring. There's blue flames. There's a those blue flames are on a fucking murder spree. It seems a little too powerful. Seems a little too oh. like this dude's like icing out like a dozen people. The whole well, are we even at the end yet? Or we're still, we're, we're still we're getting there. I don't know. Whatever. We we don't need to talk about the info dump. It happened. It was pointless. Well, like, why are we getting all this shit? The Lestrange family. But like, why is the guy sent by Grindelwald to kill the nurse before she can reveal anything? Is it just to like 
further confound them and make him angry? I guess. Or is it, that's that's the most charitable uh, interpretation, yeah. Because the girl is like, oh, hello, the credence. You know, first kneel down because I'm very short. Oh, hello, do you recognize me? You know, it's like. I loved you from this looks and kill, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what? why is she implying that she knows him if he's not yeah. somehow this mixture? <laughs> it's dumb. There was a third baby on the Titanic that night. Also, did World War II actually happen in Harry Potter? Do we know this for a fact? Has it been I don't mentioned know. Can, at I, all? can I go on to just a minor rant? Can you? I think I can. As opposed to some of the major ones we've done so far? Please. So, I did not like this movie, but I do feel like there's been a little bit of what I would term intellectually dishonest criticism towards J.K. Rowling's movie that she's somehow suggesting that we should have let Grindelwald have his way and he would have prevented the Holocaust and that that somehow like by stopping Grindelwald, they're allowing the Holocaust to happen. That's a really fucking anyone, dumb take. I don't think anyone's implying that we should let him have his way. And that thus he's, but, he's but they're making he's it like, stopped. Oh, Grindelwald had a point or something like that. No, I think what people are upset about is that they're, imp- they're getting the implication that the movie is suggesting had he not been stopped, like the Holocaust would have been See, thwarted. That's, I think that's an incredibly, I think that's an incredibly stupid thing to think. And I'll tell you why, because Grindelwald wants to enslave the entire human race. That's like saying we shouldn't stop this asteroid from hitting earth in 1927, because if we do, the Holocaust won't happen. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed a lot of fascists will tend to say that they're for the thing that they're actually against. Uh, The other day, the president of the United States said that he wants an incredibly free press. He said that that's more important to him than anyone else in the world. So I think, I think you're, you're, you're trying to take a high point and take a hot take here. That's not totally necessary. No, I think it is because people are like, like of all the things you can complain about JK about, I think this is a really stupid thing to complain about. Grindelwald's argument is not that he's going to stop the Holocaust. He never mentions the Holocaust. We never see it. We see the blitz and we see an atom bomb. Grindelwald is saying the humans, the the muggles are about to get these weapons of war that, you know, this is, this will be the result. So you should follow me and I will stop them. Like he's not making some sort of argument that he's going to be like a philanthropist and like, like stop the Holocaust from happening. I just, I feel like that's of all the things you complain about. That's a dumb thing to complain about. His plan is to enslave the human race. That's not somehow like better than the Holocaust happening. Yeah. I don't know what anyone's making that point. Um, but I that's think the implication though. That is essentially think, the implication that you're making. You're, you're getting a little hot in the collar and projecting a little bit on that, but that's okay. It's a bad movie. It's a poorly thought out movie. Well, what is your point then? What would be what's my point? So you're you're coming at the other side. What are you saying the criticism of this here is? Oh, because uh, the other day I said to you that I had read a thing where people were implying that the that the Holocaust would have been stopped if Grindelwald had been allowed to continue. But do you see why that's incredibly stupid? I really don't care. I mean, I don't think it's that that hot of a thing to like scream and yell about. That's exactly my point, though, is that it's of all the things you could complain about this movie, that is a dumb thing to complain about. I don't know if it's a dumb thing, but it's one of the many stupid things. But I don't know where history also diverges in this thing, too. Again, I know Jacob was supposedly fought in World War I. So my question for you is, is there anything in the Harry Potter books where we talk about World War II? Or we just kind of... We, we know that the like Grindelwald's... World the, the final battle with Grindelwald happens in 1945. So it's sort of implied that they're related, but it's never okay. directly said. Okay. So magic kind of 
in some ways influences you know if maybe or maybe not it's like a, like a parallel battle between for for all we know it's we're gonna find out in, in like the by the end of the series that like world war ii never happened in the wizarding world because okay. of something there's like an alternate history i don't know i my only point eat- is that i feel like of all the things you could be mad about jk for the the, the implication that somehow grindelwald is like right or something is not one of them I would agree with you that no one should imply that he's right about anything, but all of his logic is circular nonsense anyways. Also completely opposite. What is the most egregious thing that you should be mad about with JK Rowling from this movie? Yeah, God, I don't even know. There's so much. Um, like if you could meet with her, you have five minutes and you have only one point to bring up. Oh, wow. That's tough. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I have, my my mind goes in different directions. My mind goes to just pure like storytelling complaints mm-hmm. and then more kind of um I guess more political complaints, I guess. You know. Okay. So I'm not sure which one would ultimately well, win out there. What's the political complaints? I I think the way she seems to be suggesting clumsily that like fascists shouldn't be opposed mm. is really problematic. Um okay. there's lots of, you know, the Nagini like like kind of like racial things where she kind of like is trying to kind of backdate this diversity into her series, but never in the lead roles, which I mm. think uh, she should, you know, have someone take her task for. So there's that. And then there's just all the story issues that we're talking about, too. I remember, does Nagini get sucked into like the ending with him? Like, does she go with Credence? No, she's like Wall? there at Hogwarts at the end. I'm pretty sure. <sighs> she doesn't she, she doesn't go with Credence. Yeah. Why? I mean, I, I I like Claudia Kim, but like, why is why is Nagini a character, and why is she a she in this movie? Like, where is this going? I just don't like when you yeah. have like like here's the super minor character. Don't worry, they'll be important later. Because that didn't pay off from the first one to the second one. No, it you know, did like, not. There's not a whole. Va- I mean, like you could have had a brand new hero. Like it's just going to be the like this movie. Nagini. She stays at Hogwarts. Eventually, turns into a snake full time, and then. Voldemort befriends her. Wow, you know, like what? Hi, yeah, I'm Tom Riddle. I speak your language. Oh, you used to be a human lady. Oh boy, I lucked out. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Ugh. I don't remember how they even get to the Lestrange thing. Oh, there's a whole thing where they're at the the French Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Like, there's there's no characters. Like the weird the cats and. Yeah, well, like the cats thing is probably the closest there is. Like the the Makusa stuff, I found to be just dumb. Like I didn't think it was like a particularly good roast of historical America or anything like that. Um, it just seemed to be kind of flat in the first movie. There's nothing. I, mean, I don't know French culture, but there's nothing. I don't know that really struck me here. It wasn't even a lot of characters like berets. They weren't like using magical baguettes to hit each other with or anything. And they were just, like. It seems so stupid. Like when Newton and Tina are trying to break into like the cabinet that will have the info about Lita's whole thing, and then like Lita shows up, and it's like it seems like they don't even know how to use the cabinets right to break into them. And then there's a whole action sequence that seemed dumb. It's incredibly pointless, and it leads to a 20 minute long info dump scene that basically tells the audience none of this mattered. Yeah. And then, I don't even know what Lita's doing in this movie. Like, she works in the ministry, but is she an Auror, or is she just... It's unclear. Like a lady in a dress who, like, slinks around. Didn't they, they wanted to make Newt an Auror, right? 
Yeah, they want to make him an or. Yeah, I don't know why, but I mean, I guess just be like, oh, you stop Grindelwald, you should be an or or something. Um, so there's the, the big CGI flame fight at the yeah. end. A bunch of random ors get vaporized. Uh, there's like the one henchman who like can't make it through the flames and dies. Well, because he's been like, he's been like poking at this guy the whole time. There's been like two scenes. There's like one scene at the beginning where. Grindelwald's just like, I don't know if you're committed to the cause. And then at the end, he like can't make it through the flames and dies. And it's like, wow, what a character arc. Well, but see, it's for this dude that no one will remember. It's implied that there's something there, like either like Grindelwald like assumed he wouldn't be make it, or he like purposely cut him off, or or I don't even know what's going on. It's there. it's not clear how much the fire is. Is it a magical fire that just like sit, like reads your heart and knows? Or is it somehow directed by Grindelwald? Yeah, I guess yeah. the first is better, you know, but it, I don't know. I didn't like the execution That's, of any of this. It's a metaphor for the rest of this fucking movie. Yeah. Where it's like, there's a visual thing here, and it could mean a couple things, but none of them very clearly. And then, and and then, and then oh, oh, no, we need to save Paris. Everybody stand around and, like, stick your wand into the ground. That's dumb. Also, this is, like, the like 1929 or whatever. Like, yeah. In a world like cell phones, the whole like, like accidental death of the one girl would make a lot more sense. Which like, one girl? All gonna go, the chick that the one or like accidentally oh. zapped. Okay. I mean, like, I felt like that was I a, don't have a riot, but it's like there's no cell phones. Like, what do you call word of mouth? This come on, give me a break. I felt like that was a really hackneyed kind of metaphor for like police brutality or something, or just fucking Trump rallies in general, or just like. The or like he he flinched and just like Avada Kedavra this bitch out of nowhere you know like yeah he can't trust the ors yeah I don't know what the intent was there but it was stupid and it might have been a setup because we saw that that redhead earlier somewhere else with like one yeah. of Voldemort's people I don't know it was dumb oh she wouldn't give him the microphone yeah so yeah so blue flame and then like okay so does Grindelwald temporarily turn into this blue no, fire it's just like thing, or it's just, just like the build? fire he left behind, or something. Maybe it's some sort of cousin of fiend fire. I don't know. It makes no sense. Yeah. So somehow there's a couple other magical cops that supposedly have like circled this entire like arena, but it doesn't seem like they have because we only see Theseus, Newt, Nicholas Flamel, and Tina Hot Dogs, and they do this whole wall it's thing that stops those the fucking fire. hot dogs, man. Just get your mouth salivating. Um, and it's like, is this the point of having Nicholas Flamel? Like somebody convinced him to come fucking do something about it's like, it's like a he- well, it's like they they don't even give fucking Newt the hero moment. They give it to Flamel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like when Flamel does the same thing that they all do, I thought like shit, this guy's gonna like throw out a hip. Oh, and like uh, by the way, Lito Strange died in there. She like for some reason like thought she would take on Grindelwald by herself, or I don't know if this is like a sacrifice or what. Uh, through the whole movie, she was just like a mopey bastard who seemed like she wanted to die, and then she died. Well, then I feel really bad whenever a movie works so hard to have like a really killer line in like a movie that's otherwise utter trash. So it's like in another movie, her line, you know, oh, nude, you've never met an animal you couldn't love, or whatever, yeah, or a beast you've never met a love. monster you couldn't love, yeah. That would kill in any other movie. It is so thud in this movie. And then, yeah, as she dies and she, like, gets, gives him one last look. And I thought it was really weird when she shit herself and they, like, poofed it away at the last minute of her death. No, not really. Um, 
I guess I was glad not to see Lita Lestrange return. Like it made her character more interesting, but not. Well, you think about that line, you've never met a monster you couldn't love. And like that story of my life that could have been the thematic crux of the movie. Kind of like, do these villains deserve empathy? Like, you know, how do you defeat them? You know, I mean, you know, love is a big, big theme in the Harry Potter books. Obviously it's it's the thing that stops. It's it's how you win. Yeah. So is that going to tie into anything? Like maybe that was the idea, but it just, it got lost in the edit or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, cause there's nothing really built into, they don't do nearly enough to like establish the relationship and this love triangle between the two brothers. No, like why we'd never find out why she's at some point in the past, she was in love with Newt or like they were together or whatever. And now she's not, we don't know why. We don't know what the history is. It we're not really sure is Newt like mad about this or not, or does he just feel kind of awkward about it? Like we, feels, we get nothing. I think he feels awkward, and that's that's supposed to be communicated by your brother was sad that you couldn't come to dinner in the nights we yeah. off or we invited you. But so, but think about though, we talked about the the perspective. It starts with Grindelwald and Abernathy, then we cut to Newt, and then it's fucking Lita Lestrange who gets an extended Hogwarts flashback. Yeah. But like, like we, but and and somehow don't learn character. anything about her connection to Newt, really, other than the like, oh yeah, they. Because there should have been they met two more school. scenes there where it's like she's she's hoping that they're going to have a connection, and at the last minute there's a miscommunication, or he can't connect with her, and then her like his like like dunce of a brother, his like jock brother, like swoops in and just like like snatches Theseus, her up because he can commit. Theseus should have been like a complete asshole, or like he needed more. He needed to really be clearly defined against Newt instead of just being, oh, he's like a, he's just kind of a normal, decent bloke. He's not as awkward as Newt is. You know, it isn't like, it isn't, he, there's no contrast there, really. It's like they, oh, they, they generally get along. It's, but you know, maybe they have some uh, minor awkwardness about the, you know, Lita thing. Um, and uh, Theseus like wants Newt to be, you know, be more committed to the ministry. Like there's not a whole lot of conflict there. Well, and because there needed to be a thing at the end, which you're not going to get because it's a fucking downer of an ending, where like Newt turns to Tina hot dogs and he's like, look, like my problem has always been that I don't tell people about how I feel about them when it matters and I lose them. And I'm going to tell the you right now, is, even though I hate you, <laughs> salamander eyes, but even though you might have a boyfriend off screen that we never actually get an answer to, like I need you to know right now how I feel. And that's when she like puts a finger to his lips and she's just like, hey, kid. I know how you feel and it's not returned, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> like, like there needed to, like, I'm sitting here trying to re- rewrite this romance in a way I could give a shit about. And I don't give a shit about it, but it's like, there's like seven scenes missing that could have made their whole thing work well. But instead we're having more scenes of fucking Johnny Depp vaping out of a human skull. Hey, that was my number three moment. Yeah. <laughs> the vaping out of the human skull thing. is just so fucking weird of all the possible ways you could uh, try to communicate his vision of like, you know, stopping the advancement of humans. They're like, what if you vaped out of a human skull? In front of a bunch of people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I hate his look in this movie so much. I hate his fashion. I hate his stupid hair. I hate his stupid, weird, pale mustache. I hate his David Bowie eye. I hate it all. What was with the eye? Yeah. Does the eye do something? Is that going to be a plot point later? We don't know. Does the old guy? Why is, why was there an eye thing? 
why was there an I thing with him and with the Yusuf? Or is there some sort of thematic connection? Is it a coincidence? Mm. By the way, Jacob's in this movie. Yeah. He's just there. Oh, especially oh the Queenie, end. Queenie goes mag at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and she goes off with them. That's what I'm thinking of. It's not Nagini who goes with them. It's, it's she's Queenie. like, I could go to England and marry this guy, but instead I'm going to join this fascist, uh, insane authoritarian. It seems fair. Uh, do you remember? Because he preaches free love. You can love whoever well, he's you like, want to love. You can love whoever you want to love. Also, the humans are beasts of burden. Yeah. Don't let that get in the way. Yeah. I do not hate them. I just want to fuck them up. I don't know what this voice is I'm doing. Um, yeah. More of a voice than Johnny Depp was doing. Yeah, seriously. Um, do you remember when Jacob just wanted to open a fucking bakery? Yeah. Happier <laughs> times. Let's uh let's let's pinch this off and, and vanish it. What's your uh bed. what's your make one change? Man, that's a that's a loaded question. There's so much there. Um I my my biggest thing uh, would probably be like working on like Newton Tina's relationship. I need something. I need some human relationship at the core that I can latch on to, that I can ride like a broomstick through all this other like nonsense. And there's not even that. There's not a single character in this that I'm like rooting for. That I'm like at least I understand them. I'm riding this, you know, fucking shrapnel with them. So. That's my big problem. It's not like one little thing that I would tweak. It's that you need you need like three more drafts of this script. I mean, what if Newt and Tina had basically been doing like the long distance thing and he finds out that she is in Paris and he's worried about her because he knows that Grindelwald is there and he wants to help her. You know what? And there's a little bit of conflict. I can do my job. I don't need your help, whatever. But like, it'd be cute at least. I don't know. I was going to say, I was going to give this movie credit. The thing they don't do that most sequels do, like even Scream 2 did this, was the whole thing where it's like, they had a whirlwind romance that ended badly. Yeah, And yeah. now they're like moonlighting this fucking thing. Because that would have been agonizing. I would have rather torn my own skin off and like sewed into a quilt than, than watch that. Would maybe that be the third movie? I don't know. I don't know, but the problem is, is you're not left in a place from the first movie even where you could even say they've had some kind of long distance relationship. I mean, she's getting on a boat, but like, I don't know. There's, there's some sparks there. Like we know where I that's mean, going. she's just like, Hey, I read your book. It's dry as shit. I, w- I would buy my, uh, pitch there more than what's in this movie. Is it like a magazine typo, like sent her off to like in the arms of some other dude. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> I, I would buy a serious discussion of wizarders vanishing their poops. Then, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, my my make one change. This is probably cheating because I'm I'm. I guess my thought is like what to do from here on out rather than okay. how to change this absolute three cluster more fuck of a movie. Yeah, three more movies. Remember, you wanted five of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, but picture it's like that, but the nightmare version where it's this series. Yeah. So I don't know if you know who this guy is, but I would go my make my one change for the future of this franchise is go hire a man named Paul King direct the next movie hit me up but who's paul king he is the director of paddington one and two. Oh yeah 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 who's not doing paddington three yeah absolutely he's i'm sorry incredibly yeah. visually inventive he has that sort of whimsy it's an english whimsy as well 
mm-hmm. that is appealing to younger audiences. I don't think we need to do another fucking grim, dark Harry Potter movie. There's no reason why these movies can't be fun and for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. I feel like there. It's I could just see Warner Brothers doubling down now and just be like, oh, this is such a serious movie about like wizard fascists. We have to be totally grim and you know like everything's gray and whatever like no have some fun make it make a fun light-hearted movie it's okay go get paul king yeah paul king got me good at the end of paddington too but so paul king's future projects include whatever that willy wonka origin movie is yeah pass and live action pinocchio pass 100 percent. give him paul, paul king he can absolutely deliver a better fantastic beast three he seems like someone who would be able to work with J.K. Rowling and be like, it rather than just I'm David Yates hack extraordinaire. I'm just going to take your script and and like do whatever and hack it all to pieces. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be like, oh, let me sit down with you and figure out what works here. You know, also, let's let's if, let's see. Maybe we can rein this in a little. Let's let's find if, the heart of the script. If Pazuza from Darkest Peru was in the background, get yeah. some marmalade. I'm into that. It's a Fantastic Beast movie. Let's do it. So that's my make one change. I'm sure Warner Brothers will do something stupid. Like, what would be the classic Warner's move? Like, who would be the next director they'd hire? Like Joss Whedon or something? You know? Uh, no, they wouldn't hire Joss Whedon. They'll hire somebody wouldn't British. They? Uh, who's a British director? Who's a hack? <laughs> British. <laughs> they just hired Jack, Zack Snyder. No, it'd be it'd be uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Kingsman guy. Matthew. Oh my god, no! Yeah, Matthew Vaughn. God, that would yeah. be the worst. No, they'd be like, oh, we hired Paul Greengrass, or just they're like, we hired Brian Singer. We we hired Danny Boyle, and then we fired him. <laughs> yeah, or Sam Mendes. Ooh, Sam this is an asshole. <laughs> Lynn Ramsey? That's not terrible. No, that'd be interesting. That I, be I don't think she'd really dark. be right. I mean, I guess she has experience working with Ezra Miller, so maybe she could get a decent performance at him. But um, yeah. um, also, Ezra Miller, calm down. You don't have to try so hard. Here's, here's what I'm saying, Ezra Miller. Go look at your IMDb. Your last five movies have been these like franchise bait shit shows from Warner Brothers. You need yeah. to take it down a notch and just like you need to go find that independent role to get your swagger back. You know, you need to go find whatever it was in uh uh what's that movie? Um they're on blanket right now, the person oh, uh, being Wall- a wallflower. Wall- yeah. 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 You were good in that movie. We liked you then. Go find that again. Andrew Arnold would be interesting. Ooh, what if it was Guy Ritchie? Oh god, that'd be awful. Isn't that guy doing like the fucking Aladdin movie? You know who they should get? Okay. Let me let me let me meet them halfway. Edgar Wright. Eh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I guess. I think they get that they would get an they'd Edgar get, Wright. They they'd get something that. interesting at least. It would But I mean, that's a name that they can understand, I think. Yeah. He's a name for sure. You know, cuz they're not going to go they're not going to go get like Sally Potter or whatever, but they might understand Edgar Wright and um Baby Driver wasn't that great, so he could use it. I made money though. Um, all right, let's do our uh, power rankings. So I have, yeah, um, I ranked like 14 of them. I have 12. So my 14 isn't really a 14. It's basically like whatever the lowest I could possibly put this person, you know, like 100 or whatever. 
And that's Creed Sparebone. Oh, okay. Wow. He is an awful character. Yeah. He does not. The first movie, he's just like Mr. Repression. He just winds through the whole fucking movie. And in this movie, he's not even really like repressed anymore. He's just like, wah. How can I possibly live if I don't know who I am? Wah. Like through the whole movie. Like he's so boring. He's just like this, like whiny, like eventually he just like decides to join Grindelwald because it's like Grindelwald knows who my parents are. So I'll join them, join him, even though he's a fascist. Here's the worst part of that too, is the movie does the weakest thing ever where it's trying to imply that it knows what it's doing. And it's telling you like, I'm setting the trap. He has to walk to me willingly. And like, yeah. now there's no other, it's like, it's like, it's implying that this is all like Grindelwald's like master plan. Like he's removing obstacles and manipulating things so that like, it'll lead Clarence right to him. Great. And it's not, not really. Oh, I keep writing Clarence. Sorry. Not really. Oh, it's like, it's Oh, not you've, really. you've got your girlfriend, Nagini who cares about you, but that's not enough. You just, you, how could you possibly exist and live in this world? If you don't know where you came from, and uh, is she his girlfriend? I got that impression. I don't know. It's vague, but I mean, what else is she I, doing there? Basically, I I feel like she's that dude is way too much sure. of a drag if they're not fucking. She's into him for sure because like she needs human comfort, and one hundred percent, this guy is emotionally available. And like the sex of that guy has got to be like not off the charts strange because he's an obscurial, but like I feel like he does the corpse the whole time. Like he's planking during sex. starfish, huh? Yeah. Ooh. I I mean, I don't know if people are like really attracted to Ezra Miller, like if they really want to like take that ride, but like Here's I a, just don't see it being fun with Creedence Barebone. Ezra Creedence Miller Barebone. is Ezra Miller is fine. I really liked him the person being a wallflower. I haven't seen all of we need to talk about Kevin, but the scenes I have seen, he's good in it. He that's his lane. Uh, this the, these like Warner Brothers shit shows are not his lane. He needs I, I don't know, get your paycheck, I guess, but this is not like an exhibition of like what is good about Ezra Miller. Uh, he's in the Amy Schumer movie where she has sex with him before she realizes he's a teenager. Um, is that the I, train wreck? Is that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, his character—it's like a sexually transmitted blah that you'd get from him. Um, okay, so that's your fourteen. What's your thirteen? My girl Bunty. Oh, Bunty! Bunty did not make my list. I'm sad to say. What's going on with Bunty? Why is she in this movie? I don't know. She's horny. She wants Newt. I'm into it. The problem of Newt's whole home is you have the visual splendor. It's one of the few things that worked, even though it could have been better, was like the suitcase world. Yeah. You're just repeating it like in a less interesting way, I felt like in this movie with his house. Yeah, it's a little bit of we already heard that song. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Bunty. All right. What's your 12? <laughs> Did you do your number 13? I don't have a 13. I have a 12. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, Abernathy. Why is that guy in this movie? I don't know. Why is he suddenly the fucking lead henchman? I don't know. Also, yeah, I don't who, have... who was the French murder chick? I don't know either. So, uh, she her name's like like Rogier or something like that. Sure. Anyway, that's my choice. I just saw this somewhere, and I was like, oh, she has a name. Yeah, Rogier. Like actress's name is Poppy. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's like she like doesn't she's the one who comes up to like Queenie on the street, right? Yeah, she <laughs> she holds the uh, the vape skull. <laughs> hello, hello, she's bonjour, the, bonjour. She's the keeper of the magical bong. Yeah, 
Oh shit, I'm really fucked up on the future. Yeah. World War II. The Blitz. Nuclear bombs. Muggles. Yeah. Uh, Credence, Echoing You is my number 12. Yeah. Um, for all the reasons you mentioned, this character is terrible. And the whole thing, like you said, the whole, oh, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I come from. I don't have a future because I don't have a past. It's like, God damn it. I didn't know this character was alive until this movie started. I did not know Ezra Miller was in this movie because I seem to remember him dying on screen in the previous film. And he just so he brings real, nothing to this movie. He's just it's there. It's really hard for me to connect with his lost roots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I'm, I'm especially sensitive. My father was adopted, and, and I know a lot of people have this issue. Um, but I always have a problem. I have frustration with people who who ignore their present and their future because they don't have a past. I get I get the value of having a past, but you know, it's hard to, to empathize with someone who's overlooking all the the abundance of gifts they have. Sorry, and and no one really points that out in the movie either. There's no contrast really set up. Well, I feel like poor Nagini. He's like, I've been nothing but abused as a half snake, half woman. So yeah, sure. Where, where do you want to go? You want to find some kind of miniature French? You guys are both wizards. I mean, come on, it could be worse. Hey, yeah, seriously. Also, Nagini's gorgeous, but she's you know she's working some of the things. Just trying to be a friend. He's not fucking her. No way. You don't think so? I uh, maybe uh, only as a snake. Oh, well, now we're talking. Oh, a little choking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are we on? Eleven. Yeah. Uh, I had Yusuf just because. Why is he in this movie? What is the point of his character? Okay. Like um, you could just cut him entirely and you miss nothing. Uh this is where I have Nicholas Flamel. Oh, okay. Yeah, Flamel, he's in this movie. Hey, just see the sorcerer stone stone? Wow. Yeah. Wow, Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh this is ten, right? So I, I had the, yeah. the French murder henchwoman here. Oh, okay. Yeah, keeper of the bong. I wish that she made my list. Uh, ten. This is where I have used. Okay. Um, because it's also hard when you have a single like black character too. Well, you have a single black character, and it's like, oh, He's here's, here's my backstory. I'm I'm semi villainous. My mother was like imperial and abducted and raped, and there's like a a child of a sexual assault who's like kind of portrayed in a negative light because of it like it's just it's problematic as fuck i just why yeah you you couldn't have had this guy be like the lead or or i don't know anyone else in the story who is like more of a main character or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i I feel like it's one of those things where it's like we want to put a little divorce in this movie but like oh shit all the main parts are white so i guess we'll just like kind of in the background we can have this dude and this chick you know like it just mm-hmm. it feels kind of gross yeah uh what are we on nine now uh yeah uh so i have nicholas lamella number nine he i mean i i don't know he has like his, a little moment here and there but it's like why are you in this movie hmm uh my number nine is queenie because <laughs> the Utter character assassination. And yeah. it's not... I didn't... I didn't love Queenie in the first movie. Like, I didn't necessarily love her relationship with Jacob. It felt more... 
I don't know. I, I feel like there's something with the, the world of the fan fiction and the fans in general where I think we want to create ships a little too hard. And it's like it used to be the fans would meet you fifty like halfway and you come the other halfway with something worth it. Then you get Simbrock. Yeah. But it's like I, I feel like the Jacob Queenie people, you might have had to extend a little farther than you should have to like want to see that. And I get that. You want that to be a thing. And that was how it I first a viewed thing. Well, that's how I first viewed Rayla. That was how my first thought wait, was wait, like what the fuck are you talking about? Jacob and Queenie are a thing. They're a thing, but like like it actually being like something that works and makes sense and like presented well, I was like, I don't think the movie really does that. I feel so like, like I have no idea what you're talking about right now. They are obviously a couple by the end of Fantastic Beasts. It's not that I'm saying that they aren't a couple. It's that it seems so pandered and so packaged and like just empty to me is huh. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not that they're not like physically together and expressing romantic feelings to each other. They are. Um but I like her look. I like her her general affect in that movie. I feel like you're saying Kowalski's not good enough for her. That's what I'm getting from you. I think Kowalski's way too good for her based on this movie. Oh, okay. Um, because why is she a character who had to like like control his mind to get him to come to England with her? Because yeah. they would have followed her through fire. <sighs> so Queenie's my number nine. Yeah, her number eight, Maga Queenie. Um, what a, what an assassination of her character. I, I, I guess he needed conflict. Yay. Slow clap. Well, I mean, like, do we even get a moment with Tina where she's like, what the fuck was up with my sister, by the way? I feel like Tina never speaks to her sister in this entire movie. Yeah. And it's like a dumb postcard is the whole thing that sets this off. Yeah. Um, so my number eight right? is yeah. my number eight is lame, but. Um, I think almost in reaction to Queenie, I have Theseus. Oh, Theseus did not make my rankings. It, he shouldn't. This dude's white bread, boring as fuck. But what is the point of Theseus? I, I assume he's. We're stuck with him. I assume he's coming back, right? Why? What is he? <laughs> what's interesting about Theseus? Nothing. What's interesting about any of this? Are you just gonna have this like fucking man pain in the next movie because he's like sad about uh, Lita and then like him and newt can bond over beans like why why do we need this I'm, character in the movie i'm very curious if my next one's on your list at all what's your number seven uh kowalski mm-hmm. sorry it's kowalski seven. you were number my number one i'm pretty sure last time but uh it's not your fault but you didn't really have much to do through the whole thing wow yeah wow okay that's it wow okay yeah. um uh, my number seven is uh I feel I feel like a creep. My number seven is Corvus Lestrange Senior, or Corvus Lestrange the Fourth. Apparently, wow, yeah, yeah. This dude is a, is a nothing burger, like weird flashback evil character, and yet his whole look, it's like when the when Yusuf is telling his story about this man desired my mother, and he like you know he hexed her or whatever. And it's like we cut to this guy outside, and I was like, oh shit, I believe it. This guy's creepy. And all of his thing, where like he's actually like he's on, he's like buttoning his shirt after like he's have sex with like one of these women. I was like, oh god, this guy's so fucking creepy. He's like a fucking weird Dracula knockoff. Um, it made an impact. In a, it's a creepy impact, but in a movie that like struggled for me to take any of it seriously. Wow. 
Um, also, who who is Bellatrix? Like, what is her line? I know there's. Let's talk more genealogy. Where yeah, does she come who, from who in this family? Knows. All I know is that you could put put the guy who played Corvus Lestrange in front of me, and I would not recognize him. Wow. Okay. I will do that then. All right. Was that your seven? That was my number seven. So I had Tina Goldstein number six. Wow. Uh, maybe just because I noticed how tall she was. That's really it. Because you noticed how tall she was. Yeah. That's so a joke. For, okay. For her physicality. Okay. Um, that's your six. Yeah. So my six is um, Nagini. Uh, uh, you know, I just really don't have Nagini on here either. Sorry, Claudia Kim. Uh, Claudia Kim's in this movie, and I wanted to support her, and that's why she's on on my list. Why were you so. Nagini? Why couldn't you just been another character? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I don't know why you had to be Nagini. I really don't. It's not like there's something incredibly interesting about blood curses. It, it kind of seems like the only reason her character is even there is that Credence needs someone to whine to. Yeah. Like those scenes would be harder if it was just him. Well, but like, so what is, what is the, what is the back and forth between the director and the writer here where they're like, okay, yeah, he definitely needs another character to like go on the run of him and whine to probably a woman since he's a guy. Oh, what's her story? What's her story? And like, one of them is like, oh, she needs to be a sad sack of shit too. And what if it was, what if it was Tina trying to earn his trust and like in too deep? I don't know, whatever. I don't know. Something it could have been Queenie. Queenie. Yeah. Queenie's like Queenie's been recruited by uh by Tina because of her special powers, you know, or I don't know. There's there's more interesting not that I'm trying to get rid of Claudia Kim because I like her, but like there's no reason for that character to exist in this movie. Well, do you have extra like Jacob's concern because Queenie's going undercover? Yeah, yeah. 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 He's Jacob's a little mad at Tina for like talking her into this. Yeah, yeah. He wants he wants Newt to go you know talk uh tina out of this talk you know get queen yeah there's there's also some more interesting conflict you could develop from this um and and uh, you know the 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 root of the problem here with these characters like yusuf and nagini is that like you could have made newt or kowalski or the goldstein sisters not white but you didn't and now it's like well we're trying to force them get some diversity in this movie but we like kind of we're not going to give any of the main characters a diversity you know it's like it's kind of insulting yeah well i mean tina is more tina and and queenie are both more of a look yeah and then the half-assed attempt to flesh out characters beyond those sketches um and then i'm sure at some point they were like oh let's give them the last name goldstein and that's implied that they've got some kind of interesting background there's no reason that newt's commander has to be white you know, no. it's no. You could have easily cast a different actor in that role, but this here this we could are. be this could be Chuita Ejiofor as Newt's commander. This could have been the guy who played Ambrose as Newt's commander. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think of who else Claudia Kim could be in this. There aren't a lot of other great female roles, though. What is she, what is she going to hold the weird vape? Skull? Yeah, I know I that's think. like that's it really. She could be the French murder vape woman. Well, I yeah. mean, I don't even know. Does Lita Lestrange have to be? Yeah, it's true. She could have been Lita, but I mean, you know, then you're just trading, you know, one role yeah. to the other. Who, who, either way, is unfortunately passing away at the end of this movie. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, of all the characters, could have died. Oh boy, what are we on? What's your number six? My six was Nagini. Nagini. Okay, 
Uh, my number five had Grindelwald. He's there. Okay. He's you just put him there. Five. I guess I don't know. Because of the crimes, all the crimes, all the crimes. Yeah, infanticide, <laughs> vaping, which, which he doesn't even really do. He's not the one that does the infanticide. All I'm saying, dude, is uh, you know, vaping uh, within the you know the amphitheater. Uh, that ain't that legal like, either. Yeah. Uh. I mean, he's more of like a Manson character, I guess. I, I He's like a collection of villain tropes that never really comes together for me. Oh, the TV Tropes article on Grindelwald uh, is going to be off the chain. Yeah. Uh, my number five is Tina Hot Dogs. Goddamn Hot Dogs. I, I don't know if she's better or worse than this movie. I feel like b- between this last movie and this movie, I've appreciated Catherine Watterson more. Uh-huh. So there's that going for it, but then why, the, why is that? I don't know. I couldn't say. But then okay. the character itself is just incredibly boring. Is it just because she's tall, taller than you? Maybe. Wow. So, like, when you're like looking for like a significant <laughs> other, like, you just want, like a really t- not tall at all. Woman. I'm not Costanza. Like you like a, like you're like, you're, like, I want like a giant. giant. It's like, could you step on me? Put me in your pocket. All right, my number four. <laughs> Is uh, I'm surprised I have this guy slow. I feel like he should probably be higher. Uh, Albus Dumbledore. He, oh, wow. He should probably be number three, at least. I don't know. I think I, I, I was debating this earlier. Is this the best Dumbledore we've gotten on screen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about Michael Gambon? Well, I mean, for Richard Harris, I personally was never a fan. I know people who were like young and watch those movies have like affection for him. To me, it all seemed like he was about to keel over at any moment. He just seemed far too fragile to be Dumbledore. Wasn't he fighting cancer in the second? Literally, one? yes. Yeah, and I feel like it, it showed. Um, and then so- Gambon is like he was all over the place. Like he's a different character from movie to movie. So I feel like Jude Law is kind of just doing Jude Law things, but it, they work for the character. And yeah, he's in your number four. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great list. Huh, okay. Um, interestingly enough, Jared Harris was like one of the people they almost cast in this role. Yeah, I, I still like Ian Glenn, but that's just me. Ian Glenn would have been really interesting. That's a good one. There's a, at some point I want to look up, like, I don't have time to look at Wikipedia now, but like the uh, the list of, the short list was really interesting. Okay, so number four, I actually have uh, Lita Lestrange. Okay. Uh, um. This is the character that should have frustrated me a lot, um, but nobody can frustrate me more than Creedence Barebone. I got it right that time. Um, I started to really like this character by the end. I felt like she had one of the most interesting stories. I'm kind of surprised I don't have her higher just because of where she goes and the potential. Um, of all of the not fleshed out elements that like you've seen a thousand times before, she's just another one. But I felt like, to me, what appeals to me, she could have been one of the most interesting. And then she's gone. And again, another movie, you've never met a monster you couldn't fall in love with, which could be the title of my autobiography. Like, that that could have been killer. Like, that could have been amazing. So, yeah, that's my number four. What's your number three? Uh, Mr. Newt Scamander. Okay. He, uh... I guess he doesn't embarrass himself anywhere in here. He's he's the one character who are like, I guess we kind of like this guy. So at least his scenes are sort of like whimsical or something, you know. Do we do we like this guy? I don't know. He's good with animals. That's when he he becomes endearing when he's doing that business. 
I mean, half the time I feel like he's like just this side of like really uncomfortable, like Mary Poppins impression or something. I don't, I don't know. I, he's my number three as well. And I was like, why? I guess he doesn't like <laughs> step on a rake and hit himself in the face. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he doesn't pull a maggot queenie in this movie. That's for sure. No, he doesn't vape out of a skull. He's maybe should have though. He's not ignoring what's right in front of his face, which is Nagini, and she's she's incredibly hot. Like I don't know. I just all in the moments that should have worked too. Like oh, this is my brother. He's a hugger. My brother needs a hug. Or when when uh, Tina does the thing with like the luggage and the baggage, ooh, that's on the nose to the brother, and like knocks him out and ties him in a chair, and he's like, oh, I think that might have been the greatest moment of my life, sploosh. Like all of these moments should have hit. Like I don't, they just don't. And I, it's not just bad writing. Some of it's the Eddie Redmayne of it all. He mumbles. I, I haven't seen it, but I feel like that uh, Wachowski movie where he plays the villain. Um, might oh be yeah, the, Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Ascending. I have that on good authority. That might be his best movie. Yeah, they're going to watch that movie. Uh, so number two, I have The Niffler. Oh, okay. <laughs> you the can Nif- have, the, you have the, the Chinese dragon lion pup. As the Niffler one. was cute. Uh, came in with the, the clutch uh, theft of the blood packed, whatever, MacGuffin. Uh-huh. You know, it didn't annoy me. Okay. It was pretty handy, really. That's all I got to say about that. Oh my god, you're gonna have the Chinese line pup. That's number one, aren't you? Um my number two is Jacob. Uh, I hated this movie. And there was times when I thought it was it couldn't get any darker. I was like I was stuck in a theater watching this movie surrounded by human beings, and like poor Dan Fogler would do something of his face, and I'd be like, Thank you for trying. Thank you for seeing my plight. So thank you, Dan Fogler. Jacob. All right. love. Uh well my number one I do not have the Chinese weird dragon thing no I have I don't know to be very specific here I have Zoe Kravitz in number one uh, okay. not Lita Lestrange I thought Lita Lestrange as constructed in this movie was an awful character she her whole thing is like she's sad for reasons we don't know eventually we find out why and then she dies and it's all just kind of served up there's no arc there's no progression. She's just there to die at the end of the movie. She's she's not a good character. But Zoe Kravitz is trying so hard. And she's putting so much into making this character interesting when she has almost nothing to work with. Uh, I just was really impressed with her performance, Jeff. I thought she was doing more than you could possibly imagine with such an underwritten, like, poorly constructed character. And it's funny is how much... I think part of why I dreaded the lead of the strange character coming in the first place was it's that thing you get in too much shared universe where it's like they show the picture of her yeah in the first movie and it's like huh, who's that oh uh, that's a weird story for a sequel oh well, it's, like, it's like oh god just the, the pitch of like oh yeah that uh they used to date but now she's uh engaged to his brother Ooh, that sounds spicy what are we gonna get about that nothing fucking nothing she's just gonna be mopey through the whole movie and she's going to imply that there are like dark secrets in her past. And then she's going to be like, by the way, I murdered my brother. Kind of, it was an accident, whatever. And now I just, I've decided to die for no reason. And she should have absolutely been a bigger anchor character because she has the big Hogwarts flashback. Yeah. It's baffling 
the construction and the writing for a character. But Zoe Kravitz is really good. Like she's putting so much into the performance and making this character compelling when there's really not much there to latch onto. Mm. So that's why I had her number one. Mm. Okay. Oh. You have Dumbledore, I'm sure. I do. I think he might be the best Dumbledore we've had on screen. Um, I really hope that by the fifth movie, we see him in weird little robes where he's just like free balling with like jeweled collars and big pointy hats and like glasses on the tip of his nose. I hope Jude Law just gets fucking weird with it. I somehow doubt we're going to get that, but I like that as well. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to look like, like I wear this to bed and I wear it all the time. Yeah. One last minor note on Zoe Kravitz. Great accent. Yeah. She pulls it off through the whole movie. Yeah. But yeah, Dumbledore, probably the best Dumbledore we've had on screen. Yeah. Um, and he's the only part of the movie. I feel like that's like kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Like that, like feels like there might be a point. Well, and this also quite honestly, uh, cinematic re- redemption of Jude law. And I say that because I've seen those two Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. Not a fan. Those are bad. And he's done a couple other movies where I've only seen a trailer and I'm like, who's watching this? Who cares? Where the movies like names like Don Logan and he's like a rough and tumble British gangster who was probably played by Ben Kingsley in another life. It's like, who's watching this? Who cares about this? I don't know if and there like, necessarily point... should have been more Jude Law. Yeah. No, I think exact right amount. Yeah. And at one point he's like really owning the new hairline. And I was like, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, his line where he's like, you know, I can't remember the exact. It's like Newt's never been one to follow orders or whatever he says. Or it's good, good delivery that feels, if not like kind of. Actually, if, if, that if not, moment. Sorry, God. That moment you're referring to might be the sole moment in the film where I think you have visually presented accurately with good blocking, where he's just kind of like leaning up against his desk. And he's like kind of just like laughing and not taking these guys seriously. But he's also glancing over his shoulder and he's acknowledging the fact that they are flanking him on all sides Uh because they are so threatened by him. And to make it worse, he's just going to be casual as possible. And he's just like, this commander's not one to follow orders if you've ever had the pleasure to teach him or whatever. Yeah. Um, That might be like the one moment where like solely visually it totally worked for me. I'm sorry. And I guess my point about that moment is it's not as though it's like, like a, a mimic of any or anything of the previous Dumbledores that we've had, but like kind of the, the vibe that you get of that, that kind of confidence and that kind of cards close to the vest and, you know, supreme confidence in your own ability. That, that was the vibe I got, you know, it wasn't like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm watching Michael Gambone or something like that. But it, it felt like a Dumbledore type of moment. Mm. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a fucking movie. Would you recommend yeah. it? No. Yeah. Don't see this. I mean, you're going to go see this in the theater because you want to be part of the conversation or because it's new and it's hot and it's whatever, but like, don't just don't. I mean, it's the old cliche of like, you like, why isn't Rowling just writing these books? I'd rather like maybe in the book, this would all make more sense and yeah. fleshed out. You know, I also think, you know, there's a reason like Harry Potter, it's all pretty much Harry's stuff. Go through the, you know, it's his perspective. Mm-hmm. Could use a little bit of that. Like if it was all from dude's perspective, it'd be interesting at least. Do we really well, need to see Voldemort or not Voldemort, uh, Grindelwald walking around like vaping with this French chick? Like, I don't know. Oh, well, what's interesting though, is that by 
you know, I get a little bit of, I've done the books. Like I've, I've conquered that medium. When I write prose, I'm going to write something else. I'm going to write those, uh, type of one leg. Yeah. You know, it's now a TV show, but it's like, you know, I get like, it's probably easier. There's obviously a bigger payday for her just to write these screenplays and control this. But it's like, you were solely, it's like, you can't really play into, and she does. I feel like you can't really play into solely just the the written history of Harry Potter. Like you're kind of more confined to the, the cinematic history, right? Uh, if I were her, I mean, maybe it's just a, a matter of like work to reward. You know, maybe that's like the equation there. But like, if you if she were doing the books, she could kind of do them her way. She could meander where she wanted, and if people like them, then he could. If the movie sucked, you'd just be like, well, they didn't execute it right. Like you had that like buffer. You know, mm-hmm. or you're like, well, I just see the books, but I don't know. Maybe this is she can't write them fast enough or something for, oh, for I, the schedule they want. I hate to say this, but I kind of wonder if she just doesn't care that much. Could be, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's, I, there, but there's also that that vibe of like George Lucas, like prequelitis. Like, why are you going in and explaining all this shit we don't care about? Mm-hmm. Like forcing oh, in just, these stupid cameos and whatnot. You know, he just released the fucking like westeros textbook and he's like so thrilled about that oh martin yeah yeah i was talking about lucas but yeah um oh. anyway in conclusion bad movie i would not recommend i hated this movie i just i really hope I mean, it was, had a terrible or not uh, pretty bad not terrible pretty bad box office weekend there in the u.s mm. the lowest ever for a harry potter movie Maybe this will spur some uh, introspection at Warner Brothers. Maybe they'll think maybe we should get a new director. That'd be nice. Mm. We shall see. Get Coron. Hot off of Roma. I feel like if I was Coron, I'd be like, nah. No, no, Coron's not going to do this. He's not going to do this, but I was watching the trailer for that again today, and I was like, man, (laughs) why did they ever ask him back? (laughs) He would have done it. Uh, they wanted, they wanted to crank them out. Yeah, they weren't patient. All right. Well, uh, we will be back. I'm not going to talk about this movie anymore. Yeah. yeah. So sometime next. in December, we're going to be talking about uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. And then after, like, closer to Christmas, we're going to do a Christmas movie. I think we could say. Yeah. I don't know what yet. Yeah. Something we like, though. Something, we something like. that won't be a goddamn chore. Yeah. Because um, this movie was. Indeed. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if I would, if I really wanted to do this episode. Other than like, there's a lot of questions I have, and once I went to bitch and get that out of my, my body. But like, I hated this movie. Um, and Sabrina, I wanted to love, and thank God we had Caitlin to kind of analyze some of it because I didn't enjoy that show as much as I wanted to. Yeah. So we're gonna, we're gonna have some fun. Um, if you didn't know, if you hadn't picked up on this already. We both fucking love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear anything about accents or, you know, whatever bad movie. No, we both saw this movie when we were kids. We fucking love it. Yeah, I read the novelization. I was, oh, I was that hurt. That's was fucking that awesome. Hurt. Yeah. Um, and there will be a new Pretty Little Liars podcast come start of December, too. There will. Yes. Which we should do at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should read the rest of that book. All right. Yeah, uh, so happy Thanksgiving, creeps. Exactly. Bye-bye.